What's up? No, you might be getting rune, uh, rug moon. Uh, I'm not sure if you can. I was gonna say, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I was gonna say, shoot me the heart emoji if you can hear me. Maybe not. All right, Moon, I got I got a confirmation from uh, someone in the audience that they can't hear you either. Just silent, yeah. Um, all right, good. So, yeah, some folks are confirming they can hear me. I don't know if you want to try to make me co-host and maybe try to go leave and come back. I don't know if that'll work. I don't know why we can't hear you. Also, don't know if that's as simple as a fix. Or maybe if you have a different audio device, I'm not sure if you're using like uh, pods or something. Yeah, I'm the same way, Gway. Thanks, Wagney Bingo Club. Appreciate that. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Yeah, we're just getting rugged by moon. Well, getting rugged by spaces. I'm not sure if you have a second account you could jump in with moon. While we all wait patiently in silence.
Yeah, we're just waiting on a couple more folks to jump in here, and hopefully Moon will be able to get his tech issue sorted. Am I back? Yeah. Yeah. Woo. There you go. I don't know what that was. I had to reset my phone. I quit Twitter a couple of times. I'm back on. Okay, there we go. Yeah, now you're good to go. All right, guys. Hey, sorry about that. This is the uh, Lit Late Show, Moon Roving here. We got Drax on uh, from Famous Fox uh, Federation. We're going to have um, Frank on from D Gods here in a split second. I think we may not be able to pin still. Let me see. Uh, let's see if I can pin it up here. No, pins are still off. Okay, so pins are still broken with the, the Twitter spaces, which is fine. Uh, we should have Chris from Portals here in a second. Yeah, it's 4 a.m. for him. Fucking crazy guy. Yeah, I know. Poor guy. Which hopefully he wakes up. Koopy wanted to jump on too. I think it's like 2.30 his time. Well, 2.30 is better than 4. Well, Jesus. Well, I go to gym at 4 before COVID. So... You're insane. So, Fuck that. Two thirty south. Four o'clock. You go to bed early. You wake up and you, you go about your day. Two thirty. It's like you're totally screwed. Oh, uh, four o'clock for me be totally screwed too. I go to bed like midnight, give or take. Sometimes one o'clock. The four o'clock would be a nightmare. But that's because I have a kid. So. so what I was saying All right, cool. before functions coming as too. I was driving in the car here and the, the volume wasn't working. So I was taking off on the tarmac and uh, just got the invite out quick. Drax, I was going to have you do it. I figured I'll do it myself because I was going to land in time. But in the urgency, I didn't update the time to 8.30 like I normally, like it's usually a 9 o'clock uh, call, right, or show. So I forgot to switch it to 8.30, so hopefully it doesn't throw people off. But I did update that. That's partially why the space wasn't working at first. But here we are. We're ready to roll. Function's here. What's up, Function? Yo, yo. It's popping. Do you go by Function? We've never been on a show together, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. You can just call me Function. Okay. Nice. Thanks for jumping on, man. No worries, bro. Glad to be here. Sorry, but you're, I know you're having a tough week, dude. I saw your, uh, your thread. Scared the shit out of me. So. Yeah, bro. That shit was wild. I don't know what the fuck happened. It's crazy. Well, I'm sure if you ever find it out is. exactly what happened, you'll thread about it. But, man, that's insane. Yeah. It is what it is. Like, what you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Taken out, you're gonna fucking sit and cry about it, you're gonna bounce back. So, yeah, exactly right. So, anyways, man, thinking about you, sorry about that. Thanks, so we appreciate it. But you took it well, you flexing with that check mark, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> is, is that new function, the, the check mark? Uh, yeah, I got the check mark, what, like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks, three weeks ago, something like that. Was that hard? Would you? I was gonna say, uh, nah, I mean, I just paid for it. Full honesty, (laughs) (laughs) like you have to have like some sort of credentials. Like they need you to have like three major like magazine, like publications or whatever business articles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To have like with your name in it or whatever. Yeah, I think I think you can do that from like a business side too. Like I think boxes. I mean, I'm sure there's probably enough out there that we probably can grab something to get that verified, and then. 
me and Dev as owners of it could, I think, get check marks from that angle. But yeah. Probably. Well, yeah, guys, probably you, guys, you guys chilling? It's yeah, man. Funny, man. Just chilling. I yeah. just landed. I'm actually waiting to run into an Indian restaurant to get my dinner. But I don't <laughs> want to run in and like wait in line until we kind of get rolling. Of course. 100%. But yeah, I'm I'm just chilling too. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Just had you know a long ass day at work, so I get to uh, I get to tell my director tomorrow how uh, how I'll be leaving the company shortly. So that's fun. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Congrats. Going Web three full time, baby. That's, that's where I'm at. It's a hard balance. That's huge. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Between between forty hours a week, normie job, foxes, and a nine month old, and a wife. I mean, <laughs> shit's rough. <laughs> Can't imagine, bro. Yeah, it's all good though. It makes us stronger. Hey, Frank's here. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? Now we're just waiting for the four hey, o'clock morning, dude. What's up, Frank? What's up? Are you hey. are you high for this one function, bro? I'm smoking right now, my friend. <laughs> See, I'm jealous, bro. I I can't I can't light up until much later tonight. Um, but I'm excited. It's been a minute. Before twenty, you gotta. What are you a sativa guy, indica guy? What's the or you just smoke anything, bro? I have to smoke all day, so I gotta smoke sativa. Yeah, I mean, sense. I don't have to smoke all day. I choose to smoke all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I choose to smoke sativa so I can stay awake and. Do you have any? Are you a strain? Do you believe, or just whatever sativa, or how do you think about it? Uh, it depends on the smell most for me. To be hundred percent honest with you, more than yeah. more than THC strain or percentages or anything like that. There's like a a common smell that like Californians will know is like J one. Yep. Yep. Um, the orangey like are you thinking like orangey kind of yeah it's like that little fruity smell you know like coloradans know it more as like super sour lemon and like things like that it's like a very similar smell that's like my like main go-to strain and i only stop smoking that to like take breaks from smoking it so i can go back and enjoy it if that makes sense no i'm the same way i when i was like so I think for three and a half years, I was a uh, daily, uh, you know, smoke till I, when I wake up and go to sleep. And uh, that whole time, I was pretty into sativas, like Jack Herrera, um, anything in that lane. I agree, like you know, every Jack Herrera is different, but uh, usually, like they had that kind of the orange hairs on it, and uh, it smelled like a certain way, and that shit would make me. I felt so creative. I felt like I had good ideas when I was high, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just hit this cliff with weed, man, where it just stopped being as fun. And now it's tough because I used to do everything high and I still very much am a stoner at heart. But it's just difficult sometimes to to smoke and still be on my shit. Where before I was like mad productive when I was on weed, but not not as much anymore. I hate it. Interesting. I smoke all day every day, so I, I stay pretty stoned for most activities that i do but do you still feel like nothing hits like the first the first rip in the morning and you're re-upping it's still good i just remember that when i was a daily smoker it was like that first rip was fucking insane and then the next ones are awesome too but there's something i just felt like at peace with the universe 
Um, yeah, I, I I will say that like the first spliff with like my morning cappuccino yeah. is like oh. my, my favorite after I've like had a great morning routine and like some breakfast, like some other shit. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little meditation, all that shit. It's the best. <sighs> I love weed. You know, Frank, you should talk to Eminem. Uh, I was uh, listening to little Eminem on the on the flight today. He's been sober. I saw like a tweet within the past day, sober for uh, 14 hours, uh, 14 hours, 14 years. I don't know if that, if marijuana is included in that or what, what that includes exactly, but yeah, yeah. I'll just go talk to Eminem. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. One day, bro. One day. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not even like a sober, uh, I, I, you know, I definitely was very addicted to weed, but I didn't even feel like it was that bad of an addiction. It literally was just. I would still smoke it, no problem. It's just not as fun anymore, uh, which sucks, but that's literally it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we just fucking awesome. No, when, when there's, like, a good eye, man, I can't compare. Like, I just feel like it's the best feeling on planet Earth. Like, it's not even close. And I've done, like, acid and all this different stuff, but, yeah, man. Like, a great bong rip, holy fuck, man. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, there's... Not much like the first time on any of those things, acid or mushrooms, any of it. Yeah. So I feel you. And there's me. I do my little, uh, you know, the uh, little nicotine pouches. That's about it. And beer. Oh yeah. I was gonna say I'm. I'm not even. I'm not even on that level. No, no nicotine, and I've only done weed a few times at best. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm ripping a puff 24 seven. Like the disposables, I, I yeah yeah. <laughs> if I'm tweeting, you know, I just took a fat rip. <laughs> That's so funny. What's well, your guys, preferred? Kind of... Oh yeah, last question for function on weed, and then I'm down to get into it. Um, what's your preferred <laughs> method? Are you blunt joint, uh, dabs, bong? What, what what do you do? I'm a I'm a spliff only guy, dude. Oh really? I only smoke spliffs, yeah. I just roll weed, weed and tobacco. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was always uh, it was bongs and then dab rig. But then when I when I started dabbing, dude, I just forgot. I like I have two I summers. Yeah, like I just have two summers where I was only dabbing, and uh, I just have very little memory of those uh of those two summers. But yeah, like dabbing yeah. was just incredible though. Like there's nothing I'm- that fucking compares. I've done everything. I'm not a super big fan of dabs personally. Like I always found that getting high on dabs, there was just like a plateau to it, which sucked ass. Yep. Yep. Like I'd like smoke like six dabs. And by the time I'm on my sixth dab, like it doesn't matter how many more I hit after that. Yeah. Like I'm just like plateaued for the rest of the day. So that's why I didn't really like dabs too much. Yeah. Um, sometimes I fuck with edibles. I had a bunch of edibles today. Cause it's 420. Oh, that's the only thing I don't do, man. I've had, I think it's something with my body. I feel like when I take an edible, I just get way too fucking high, even if it's not oh, that, that strong. Yeah, I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like munching like little edibles all day, like little five, 10 milligrammers, you know, just like here and there. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, now I'm done moon roving. Yeah. Okay, no more weed questions for fun. I did a little, I did a little weed. Now, like let's talk about ago. mushrooms. Back in the yeah, day. exactly. <laughs> what was not that, my, man? Not my mo. Uh, I'm actually driving, so if I'm cutting out. I apologize. I'll be to like a stationary spot here in like ten minutes. Nice. But um, yeah, super grateful for y'all jumping on. I thought it'd be just be good to get kind of three blue chips in the room. 
I know we tried to do this a couple of weeks ago. It didn't work out, uh, which is totally cool, but we're here tonight. Uh, now it looks like Portals, he probably, he probably fell asleep, didn't wake up, which will be fine. If Chris comes in, we'll, we'll dig in with him as well. I, you know, Initially, the idea was to kind of bring us together and just talk about what's happening in the Solana NFT space. Uh, OpenSea was launching you know, Solana, what, two weeks ago when we first had the show set up. A lot has happened in the past two weeks. Love to dig in with you guys as to kind of what you're building, what what's kind of top of, of mind with you with, with, with D-Gods, um, with Famous Fox Federation, which we got Drax in here. And then Chris with Portals, I know they're doing a ton as well. If he, if he hops in, love to get uh, his perspective on, on what's happening in, with, with their build. And then Function, you know, you see a lot of things that I don't see or you talk about folks that maybe some of us aren't talking with. Be curious as to, because you've got an ETH tie-in as well, you know what the ETH guys are thinking, um, you know, I hate the term whale, but just the, the, those that are big in that space and what their perspective is on the Solana space and if they're coming over or what the appetite looks like. We can get into all that over the next hour or so. Um, but yeah, guys, this is the Lit Late Show, Moon Roving. We do these shows twice a week, 9 p.m. Normally we're doing 8.30 tonight. Uh, and we, I also host the Morning Mint Show a couple of days a week. Uh, I do have a couple of sponsors for the show. I'll give a quick shout out to them. So we got Battle Drones. Uh, they're minting soon on the 21st, actually. If you haven't checked them out, they're our, our, um, our sponsor for the week. But they're creating a pretty cool pvp pve uh immersive uh gaming experience with a i think they've got 10 plus vcs backing them so a lot of money should be a pretty uh, awesome project check those guys out and then we also have a, a project of the week it's usually mint but they postpone their mint uh which is boss fighters uh so excited about what they're building which is another uh, i think third person shooter that's gonna be on pc but also tied in with the uh, vr experience so uh, check those guys out but yeah so um, I, I guess top of mind, this is, before we go into the, pro, the the projects and like what you guys are building, I can go around the robin here on this. Now that we're two weeks in with the open sea, it's, it, I would say it's died down a little bit as far as like everyone going crazy about the opportunity. Oh, there's gonna be a huge wave and all that stuff. I'd be curious as to like where are we now with the Solana NFT marketplace, the the movement, I guess, uh, and and starting to penetrate those that are are heavy into the. Uh, the the ETH side. Are you seeing more and more folks kind of get onboarded? Like, where are we in the the life of of this movement? Any initial thoughts? I mean, from from my side over at Foxes, the way that I look at it, you know, I think I think the idea of getting Solana NFTs into Open Seas is is bigger than just like trying to capture a wave of you know the ETH market share. I think it more so just um, you know puts puts the Solana NFT space, uh, you know, on the same level as ETH NFTs, you know, I mean, uh, like basically getting, you know, a seat at a specific table just because like they've had so much volume over the last year. I and mean, when you look at like the general history of NFTs, I mean, I'm going to say on the ETH side, I at least remember it going back to 2017. So if you kind of capture it from that side, you know, bringing us up to now, I mean, you're talking about five years of NFTs existing. I, I don't think it's going to take, that long for Solana to become more mainstream than what it currently is. I think it's going to be significantly shorter, but I think just the idea of getting onto the platform is kind of like the first step. And then it's kind of like growing up from there. I think it does have a lot of more eyes on the projects that are on there. Um, but I think a lot of people in the ETH space, they're, they're loyal to their, like that brands, right? They've made their nut, so to speak, you know, off of ETH up to, you know, the point that it currently is. So for some people that see, 
you know, the potential that exists on Solana, we've seen them come over already in waves, uh, you know, prior to OpenSea and, and including OpenSea. Um, so, I mean, I think we're just, we're just like, you know, still building, uh, you know, and just making a, a better name for ourselves in the space. I mean, that doesn't help with like derivative projects and all that kind of shit, but we've got so many builders that exist on Solana. So it's just a matter of time until, you know, we start getting more and more people interested in kind of becoming part of our space and developing and, you know, kind of building out like the whole brand that is Solana and NFT space. I know Raj came out, Raj with Solana basically said, I think two or three days ago that, you know, obviously there's been huge growth in this, in this side of the NFT market, but that we've got a long ways to go, you know, and, you know, we've got to almost kind of just pick our, you know, pull up our bootstraps and continue to grow and provide real value which there is a lot of real value being built, but um, you know a lot more to, to go as far as the, the, the growth and expansion of this movement. Yeah, the way I see it is um, it's, it's starting, right? You see a little bit trickling in, but uh, I think the benchmark that we need to look at, which was a massive kind of ETH rotation last year, was ETH into AVAX, into the AVAX ecosystem. Not even speaking about NFTs, but just their entire DeFi ecosystem, Wonderland, all this stuff. Like I couldn't meet a single ETH person in that like few months span that wasn't talking about AVAX, wasn't aping into something on AVAX. And uh, that's almost like the benchmark where we can really say, oh, wow, ETH money is rotating into Solana. And uh, I don't think we're even a fraction of like of the way there. I think what, you know, I know that Roger's statement was kind of controversial, but I think he's right. Like, I think he's actually right because even in Web 2 and just in traditional markets as well, there's this common saying that goes, if you want people to switch from the existing kind of uh, leader to a new competitor, it has to be different. It has to be 10x better at accomplishing the initial use case. And uh, yeah, it just really has to be a groundswell, like massive movement. So, I mean, the biggest example would be like, obviously, people going from bookstores to ordering on Amazon. Now, at the time, people were competing with Borders or Barnes and Nobles, like they were competing with each other. People were trying to make bigger bookstores. People were trying to make things that directly competed with uh, with a bookstore. But Amazon comes comes along and, and changes the entire paradigm and says, fuck a bookstore, fuck physical real estate, you know, you can order it from online. Now, I don't know what that movement will look like for NFTs, but I do know it's not going to be PFPs, it's not going to be art, etc. that's going to create that movement. And I think what Raj was alluding to in that tweet was, hey, like, there needs to be a redefinition of NFTs from just art into all kinds of different use cases, whether that's ticketing for events, whether that's, you know, physical goods, physical items, e-commerce, Solana pay, whatever. Like there needs to be a redefinition, video games. Um, Once that movement, I think, becomes a lot bigger, you'll just see this massive rotation to Solana, in my opinion, because we're out competing what ETH can do that's possible on the ETH chain. And right now, you know, what we're all building here for the most part is NFT projects that kind of fit and would work potentially on ETH. But what's going to create the switch from people going from ETH to Solana at a massive scale will be projects that literally could not be built on another chain and have to be built on Solana. And so that's my thoughts. I think we're a ways away from it. I think we can do our part by creating PFP projects, cultural, like, you know, art projects that compete with what what exists on ETH and, and do our best here. But 
I think that the ultimate rotation won't, won't come from anything that exists right now. Um, and I 100% agree with, with that statement. We will all benefit ideally from that rotation uh, as projects that, you know, stand the test of time, as blue chips, etc. But uh, yeah, man, I'm not kidding myself in thinking that this is the start of a real ETH to Soul rotation. Like, this is not what that looks like. It looks like every fucking person on ETH Twitter talking about X, Y, or Z thing on Solana like they did with Wonderland um, on AVAX last year. So I don't think we're there yet. Function? Bro, what was the question, man? <laughs> Just like, where are we in the growth of this movement? Uh, oh. Which I think Frank hit a lot of that. But yeah, I don't know if you have any additional uh, color that you wanted to add as to where we're at. ETH guys yeah, coming I over I just to build. The only, the only thing that I'd like specifically add is like the OpenSea thing, because I heard you mention that when you were asking the question. Um, the OpenSea thing is really interesting to me because it didn't really necessarily pull a lot of like traffic or volume away from Magic Eden. But essentially what it did do was it was a giant marketing campaign for Solana NFTs. And so now we have an entire ecosystem of ETH people that are aping into like D-Gods and Foxes and all these other things. Um, and they might not be using Magic Eden for it, but they at least Magic Eden got them interested enough to make a phantom wallet. Yeah, I think, I think that's a fair point, too. I mean, when you, when you look at, like, our current system, like, I think the one thing that is nice is that, you know, I, I think there's obviously a lot more money in the ETH space. Like, the one thing that we were kind of, like, eyeballing, you know, from, like, a utility side is, like, okay, well, what's to stop, you know, ETH projects from creating, you know, certain level of utility that soul projects are already, you know, doing, and like, how much does that kind of jeopardize, you know, some of the things that we have created? And, and I think looking at it from the culture standpoint, like people, I believe people at least initially will, for the most part, kind of back kind of the, the, the founding people of creating those utilities, in my opinion, at least that's what I've kind of noticed and, and get a general sense from that from people. I mean, as long as it's competitive, you know what I mean? Like, I think from a, a use side unless you make something like Frank had said 10 times better, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think you're still going to have like a solid amount of culture that stays within the same space. And I think that that's true from both sides. Right. So I, I kind of like that, you know, really these marketplaces, Solonar got us started to get magic Eden created magic Eden got, you know, was created and, and drove enough value essentially to get, you know, open seas to be interested in, in hosting some collections on there. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before more and more Solana projects exist on OpenSea. And then that's just going to kind of improve that, you know, specific movement slash ecosystem. But yeah, I mean, to, to Frank's point and to Raj's point, you know, until there's a, a significant solid reason for folks to move over, folks won't, you know, I think like the P to E side is challenging. And I know a lot of people are working on that. You see a lot of money getting poured into that you know, when there's a really good P2E game that's out that captures a lot of attention, shit's going to blow up. ETH can't, ETH can't compete with that, no matter what. Like, they just can't deal on the microtransaction side. So if you make a really good product for it, um, you know, it's just going to take off. Should we worry and, about ETH 2.0 at all, or no? Um, I'm not too worried, because it doesn't look like it's... When you look at the, you know, structure of it, it's it's not really going to reduce gas fees. It might increase, you know, confirmation times. But at the end of the day, there's a massive difference between even a dollar fee versus a 
like fees for pennies or fractions of a penny. And what that will allow, you know, Solana to do that even ETH 2.0 won't be able to do is, for example, Audius moved over here to Solana. So if we ever want to do something with music streaming, or that's uh, streaming Solana or USD or whatever in real time, these kind of things would just simply not be possible even on an ETH 2.0. And that's why I just keep battering down the point that what can be built on Solana that can't be built anywhere else is where my brain is at and where I think a lot of the builders in this space, space's brain should be at. Not even people that have existing projects like all of us up here, but I mean, portals might be the most relevant to this conversation, honestly. I saw they just came up, but that's where my head is at is how can we make something that literally would not be built buildable on any other chain and how can that how can that be marketed to regular people? But if it's marketed to regular people, this is the big thing I think a lot of people miss. If you build something that even a fucking toddler or a 10-year-old can get start using, it's going to be very easy for people on ETH to start using it too. Like We don't need to build everything just for people on ETH to rotate over here. We need to focus on the bigger picture, which is getting to a billion users as a, as a, as a platform overall, like Solana. If we do that, along the way, people will rotate when they need to, especially if it's easy. Um, but yeah. That's where my head is at. And I'm, I'm really curious to hear Portal's take on why they chose Solana. I'm sure they've answered it in 100 different spaces before, but I haven't heard any. And maybe other people in the audience haven't. So I'd be really curious to hear that. Chris, what's up, brother? What's up? And uh, good morning here. <laughs> it's for <you. laughs> yeah. I, I think the original time was for now, wasn't it? Uh, I, I don't know. I had it wrong. Sorry for that. Uh, but uh, happy to be here, and uh, hello everyone. I'm Chris from uh, from Portals, uh, and and Frank, uh, Frank, I think you have a super good point. I mean, even let's say, you know, one dollar or five dollars or whatever, uh, it'll I mean, it'll, it'll be a lot, especially for for microtransactions. So let's say we have you know ten thousand people. So if you want to charge five dollars for something or two dollars for something, then you know one or two dollars in gas fees will will be a lot um, for sure. I think the other thing could be the time as well. Uh, hopefully, in the future, Solana will will continue to be much quicker, like we saw in you know in the fall twenty twenty one. So uh, that was definitely a big big part of uh, why we chose uh, Solana, and, and also I mean anyway, and I, I think we're already seeing it. Um, Solana will have more mass adoption, uh, and I think depending on how long ETH two takes, I mean we might as well be. You know the place or the chain for you know for a ton of projects uh, to to begin on and to to, to start building on and I, I think it'll, it'll be hard to to take away just as you know uh, sort of the throne of ETH uh, right now. I think that all makes sense. And the other thing I'll just add, and we'll go into deeper dive into what you guys are building and what's what's up. And I know you do a lot of AMAs anyway, all three of you. But it'd be good just to hear like what's happening with Dust and Portals and Famous Fox Federation. Um, I think you're right as far as the exposure was critical. But I think when you have that type of exposure, there's always like a lull that follows it, right? Like you follow markets, a lot of people go crazy if there's a certain company or a certain stock has announced something and they're doing something, there's an acquisition, whatever it is. There's always a lull that kind of follows it, right? People kind of just get worn out on it and wait for the next thing. So I think it was a huge step forward. There's probably going to be a little bit of a drawback just as far as like the excitement goes. And then a long track build upwards, I think, in kind of just changing, you know, and growing and really making an awesome impact on the world uh, with what you guys and other builders are doing when it comes to NFTs, um, you know, 
and utility and, and just function and, and access and empowerment, you know, across the globe. So I'm grateful to be a part of the movement and just be here doing shows like this, talking with guys like you. So thanks for, uh, for grabbing time. Yeah, of course. And, and the one thing too, that I thought was quite interesting is, uh, I was in an AMA the other day and the one guy was talking about, cause they were doing like a PDE type thing. They were talking about how they were at a conference in Dubai and, uh, you know, there was like a, a, a high level person from the Philippines that was there that was interested in the PDE ecosystem because uh, apparently in the Philippines, they actually had built out like a area um, for people to live and actually, you know, jump on to PDE games and play them in order to like actually sustain a living for themselves. And like, you know, that. I don't think, you know, could exist and it's not going to exist for a while, right. On like ETH or ETH 2.0. Um, so it's just, it's just economic opportunities like that will fuel mass adoption. I think the one thing that gets clouded, at least from my side is thinking about it from like, uh, you know, an American standpoint where it's like, okay, if, if someone can do a P to E thing and they're earning like a dollar an hour, like why the hell would someone waste their time to do something like that? But, there is a lot of people out there in the rest of the world that would massively benefit from something like that if it existed in a sustainable fashion. And so like, it's, it's things like that too, that I think are worth like thinking about trying to create or make better. Um, that really would kind of fuel that mass adoption side. It, it might not get, you know, the apes that are going to jump in for millions of dollars a person, but it's going to fuel, you know, just having a lot more people, active in doing things it's going to bring in you know more marketing kinds of, of po money that that wants to exist in the space for ads and stuff for web 2 shit um you know it just kind of creates like a lot of good healthy opportunities from an economic standpoint for projects that can get it right and created and build it out properly and just get a lot of eyes on it because at the end of the day you know most projects are trying to retain as much attention as possible in the space because that's how for the most part, they make money, um, you know, if, if they have a, a good model for it. Well, it's interesting. We actually had a show this morning, the Morning Mint. We had Nine Heroes, uh, Glizzy on, as well as uh, the Asylum uh, Project. Um, and that was a topic that came up, just the, the, these cafes that are being built out in third world countries where people will basically go to work and they'll be paid for the P2E action, you know? So, yeah, it's amazing. Like, okay, cool. So we, we yeah. got to nail that one. Yeah. Uh, before, actually, one more quick question for you guys, and then we'll dig into some more content on, on what you guys are building. And that is, and I don't want to go negative here, but anything that you kind of see as a risk to, to kind of derail Solana NFTs and like our growth forward? I think everyone has the same answer as uh, Solana Network <laughs> rugging us. Um, yeah, I mean, like right now, I think it's pretty bad uh, that on any given day, you can't expect the TPS or even like transactions to uh, completely go through. Like we're working on this new product we're going to launch pretty soon. And we were trying to use DevNet like three days ago and uh, DevNet was just down, <laughs> like just straight up, you know, for like uh, for 24 plus hours. And uh, I think like that's probably the biggest concern to me. If everything works, TPS gets to the promise 60,000 TPS, um, then Solana Network has done their job to me. Um, and then it's up to the builders from there. But 
Yeah, that, that's obviously top of mind. I don't know if people have other answers, but yeah, I think that's pretty pretty important. I mean, I think I think the one thing too, just to throw out there, and and I and I know Function mentioned it a little bit. I mean, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like just general people having good like security practices, like it's it's so easy yet difficult in the space, uh, you know, and it's such a low cost barrier to entry that, you know, it's, it's just very important. And I think, you know, depending on, you know, the websites that are getting created and like the discord bots that are sending out fake links and the web hooks from this company and that company, like, like security in general in the space is very important as a whole, but like Solana is no exception to that. Um, so I think like, that's another big thing for people to, you know, I'll say like get more comfortable with and like even trying to figure out like, plans for you know having like your spouse be able to get it you know like get access to your stuff if like you pass away and stuff like that i mean like there's just there's so much of that too from a mainstream adoption side that really has to try to get you know improved or or taught about in the space for people to like really be more comfortable you know coming in like you know heavier than than just throwing in a few hundred dollars here or there just to be active in the space To- totally agree with uh, with both points, and I, I think the ma- the main thing is the network. But you know, we do have really really smart people from from Solana and the entire ecosystem working on it. And I mean, it's it's always nice to know you know when billions of dollars are at play. I mean, things often tend to get get fixed. Uh, I think there's a lot of other other you know reasons as well. But uh, do have a lot of confidence in in that the network will uh, will get much better and and go back to uh, sort of what we saw. Uh, so it was. Uh, I know there was less bots uh, in, in in the fall as well, but uh, do have a lot of confidence in um, in the network for sure. And, and I think it's just crazy to think about like when we participated in in the Solana Hackathon uh, in uh, in the fall in in October versus now. I mean, it's crazy to see how much has been built. Or um, I mean, also drags. I mean, when you start the foxes and then compared, you know, to now. I mean. Solana pays out so many other protocols, so so many projects, so many new builders, uh, new hackathons every week, and I've you know seen so many people from Ethereum or in the crypto space in New York saying, "Hey, we've never seen you know any other chain than Bitcoin and Ethereum draw this many people like you know uh, like the Solana hackathon uh, and Hacker Houses did in uh, in New York uh, last time." So super bullish on on Solana, but yeah, let's get the TBS up, up for sure. All right, good start to the conversation. So and if you're in the room, retweet the space if you wouldn't mind. Get more folks in here, hear what these guys are building and what the uh, the next steps are with uh, the awesome projects that are, that are in motion here. So, um, all right, let's go deeper into each, each three of your projects. So I don't know who wants to start, but I'd be curious to kind of just hear, you know, where you're at, where you're going. I know you, you all have a ton of stuff in, like, in, in the works with the roadmap. Uh, any alpha you want to share or what you're excited about would be awesome to hit. Chris, you came, I wouldn't say late because I did set up the time incorrectly, but um, so you've, you ha- you've had limited time speaking. Maybe we'll start with uh, portals. You know, wh- where are you with the build and you know, what are you excited about what, you know, with the next three to six months with, uh, you know, I, I guess, your movement and, and what you guys are doing? 
Yes, so, so many things, uh, really. Um, Wednesday next week, we had our have our roadmap uh, 2.0 coming out. And it's almost, you know, a bit of a cliche saying, you know, roadmap 2.0 at, at this point, because so many projects, including, you know, ours is, is doing it. But for us, it really, really is uh, 2.0. It's it's the next uh, uh, phase. So we we minted in uh, November for everyone who, who don't know, and we started early in 2021 to to build polls the the metaverse here on uh, on Solana and and right now all our holders have uh, a, a space inside of what we call building one which is the the most uh, uh, prominent building in uh, in our downtown metaverse um, but but really uh, what we're going to publish and, and talk about uh, next Wednesday will be you know you know what's next and we do for the rest of april and and for the rest of uh, of, of may have a really really tight and a long list of of things on our roadmap which is basically just you know upgrading everything that we have right now um we posted earlier today uh, a sneak peek of one of our holders who um um, tested out the new graphics and, and everything and, and I mean it's, it's looking really really good uh, and everything is in the browser which means you know you as a holder or you as you know as a visitor uh, just need a link to, to any space and you can go join you know a creator an artist a community a company a brand an event a town hall whatever it is in, in the metaverse you can join right away in, uh, in the browser no download needed and you can you know, use whatever graphic settings that matches your computer and your internet. And I think that's a you know, huge, huge uh, game changer for, for any metaverse for sure, because we have access to uh, 6 billion people um, you know, right away in the browser. So, so that's for sure uh, big for us. Another big thing right now is that we've started to roll out our uh, citizen cards, uh, which is way more uh, affordable. Uh, last week, we rolled out uh, 35,000. Uh, stand-up citizen cards and i think right now they're like half a soul and uh, you do actually get access to you know a part in a, a small personal space in in the paul's metaverse and uh, to some of our holder chats and, and i like so it, it's just a new super fun super cool way to um make the community way bigger uh, while you still get access to to some of the paul's utility and, and the paul's metaverse you don't get the same utility as with a with, with a real estate card like our ivory onyx and, and vision cards but uh, it's it's definitely fun and and we'll roll out uh, way more things over the coming weeks uh, for that hey chris can you hear me all right yep okay um what has the experience been for you with talking with you know i guess um web 2 or just other companies coming into kind of your world is there a, a pretty big appetite for that to get space and start expanding their brand in, in Metaverse in general, but yours in, in particular? Yeah, we, we would definitely say that, that you know, it's, it's a big appetite and especially helped by, you know, all the media attention in the last couple of months uh, and all the, you know, the funding and all the attention going, going into the space. So we're definitely uh, experiencing, I mean, our inbound is, is really, really big, both in uh, the web free uh, a scene in industry, but also from uh, from companies uh, you know outside of Web3. 
I think the main difference uh, is probably how long it takes to, to onboard some of the companies. Like a lot of the crypto, NFT, or web-free companies, we can onboard them in you know maximum of, of a couple of weeks. But some of the Web2 companies, especially the really, really big global ones, they do take longer time. I mean, it could be legal processes. It could be, you know, design process has to go through multiple departments or be cleared by, you know, a lot of people and like. So... Some of those, I mean, we started working on on some partnerships like two months ago that we haven't even uh, announced yet, but uh, definitely have a lot of a lot of interest. And next month or or around next month, we'll we'll open up our metaverse and our downtown for the general public, and which means you know a lot more people will uh, will see it and can experience Pulse right away. So it'll be a bit easier to to market it, and and we're coming out with a new website as well. So. That'll be cool. Yeah, I've got. I've still got to go out and grab one of the uh, the individual uh, NFTs that you mentioned that you dropped last week. Get one of those characters and run around. And this is all being built out on like PC, right? Is is VR something that's on your radar for you know the year ahead or a couple years out? Um, I would say it definitely depends on where the market goes and how much people will be using VR. There was a huge uptake around uh, Christmas, uh, but now it, uh, it's, it's gone down a bit again. Um, we're following the space and, and we'll definitely follow, you know, the adoption and the apps people use and um, how much we get, you know, uh, VR requested. Right now, it's it's not something we get we get actually ask about uh, a lot. So so we are going to focus on, on, on the browser for now, for sure. But the way we've built the platform, we you know we can go uh, VR, we can you know go to the mobile, we can do a desktop application. So so we'll be ready for it. Okay, cool. Hey guys, if you're in the room, we got questions for any of these guys up here. Feel free to, to request a mic. We'll pull you guys up. Uh, obviously, I don't have all the questions, uh, and you know they've got all the answers. So if you've got something that's on your mind, feel free to request. We'll bring you up here. Uh, Chris, thanks for for going deep with us and. Um, yeah, excited for yeah and, I mean, maybe just a quick thing to add. We can, I mean, we can support VR from from the browser as well. So, I mean, no no need to to download an, an application. And we we are looking at all the possibilities and are developing the platform so that we can you know adjust to it. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you, Moon. Like for personally, I don't know because you're you're in touch with like a lot of other projects and stuff in the space. As far as like metaverse plays go and like VR, what's what's kind of like your feel on it? Like, do you think that, you know, I'll, I'll say like either in the long run or in the short term, like if VR will kind of become more mainstream, it seems it seems to me like it's still really like niche. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, like outside of like Black Mirror and like Ready Player One and a couple of things like that, like I, I don't really get the appeal yet for vr it seems too i don't know like like it takes too much of your attention away from like everything else that really exists for it to actually be worthwhile to be in it for an extended period of time yeah i mean i think from the different metaverses that we have on the show you know they're all thinking that vr is a play or a partial play down the road they're not there yet you know they like to see it there are some uh some folks that have vr like on the roadmap for example uh, sooner uh, versus others. It just kind of depends on the project. For me personally, you know, we picked up an Oculus like two months ago for the family here. And, you know, I get um, like migraines and other things. So I'm like, I was kind of nervous about it, but I've played 
you know, with the Oculus a couple different times. I got some bunch of games for the kids and all that stuff. And it's a pretty uh, awesome experience. So I could totally see, you know, these metaverses like portals, for example, having folks that just want to, you know, jump in and spend time via like laptop, right? Uh, but there will be others that, you know, at the right time, right experience, they want to get in and use the VR. I see that as a no-brainer, but, you know, that's something that will probably take a year or two to really build out. But in the end, you know, it's hard to kind of sit in a room with goggles on and not really be able to see what's happening around you for long periods of time. So, yeah, that's what, that's how I feel. I mean, like, you know, like I, I agree with you. I think the experience is fun. Like, I think it's good from like a, a learning angle and from a gaming angle, but like, you know, at least for the way that I feel like I interact with it now, like I've got, you know, three screens up, one for trading, one for discord chat and one for something else. Like, I just feel like it'd be so overwhelming to try to do that on top of, like, being immersed in, like, a 3D space, you know, for, for some period of time. But, well, I wonder if there's, like, an interface that will be built out where you could be in portals, for example, and then you can pull up screens inside of your Oculus, you know, and see your trading screens. And, like, that's way down the road. Where you yeah, can that makes that sense. Functionality kind of real time. Like, like cool Google around. Glass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So w- w- one of the things we're hearing from, you know, some of the different hardware developers, they're actually thinking that, you know, in the future and, you know, when you don't get headaches and you know, when everything is fixed, the sickness is fixed from, from VR and so on, then you might actually have, you know, instead of a computer screen, you might just have smaller goggles and you just have the screen on the browser, you know, in, in the current space, a sort of augmented reality as well. Uh, so definitely see that as an option. So you could even still, you know, use a mouse or use a, use a, a, a keyboard, but you would just have, you know, the screens that you use right now uh, in 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 high definition, high definition VR. Um, so you know, drags you could have, you know, two or three different uh, browser screens, but but still use the browser. Uh, and and then whenever you needed something in in 3D, you know, it would be 3D. But again, it's yeah, quite a few years out. All right, before we move over to, to Frank and to Drax, I did pull up Eagles uh, and Lucas. I don't know if you guys have uh, comments or questions on just the topics we've been covering or Portal specifically, but I'll, I'll hand the mic over to you guys. Well, my, my question is kind of off the subject, uh, if that isn't a problem. Yeah, go for it. Well, my, my question is uh, for Frank. Uh, first, I just want to say that I'm a big fan, and I don't know if you know uh, how much of an impact you are causing into uh, the blockchain entrepreneurship. And I would like to actually ask a question in that sense, uh, because as a young entrepreneur uh, like myself, I'm the owner and CEO of Solid HQ. Uh, I'm always curious about my inspirations, and of course, you are one of the, one of my inspirations in terms of entrepreneurship in this space. And I'm just curious. I'm just wondering, what are your inspirations? Uh, what those inspirations look like? Uh, do you have any model for your thought process into planning or stuff for Dust, for D Gods, uh, and the whole journey that you be that you're being uh, getting through uh, on Solana's NFTs? First of all, thank you so much for saying that. I did not realize a D God was behind Solo Land. Um, I just followed you guys. We should definitely talk, you know, separately from all of this. That's fucking sick. Um, yeah, in terms of inspirations, man, I it's tough to attribute it to just one person. I will say this, and this is just again for everyone in this space, and and especially something that's a guiding principle for D Gods. Um, 
We live in a time where it is the barrier to create something is lower than it's ever been in the past. In the past, you know, you need to have a record label that finds you from auditions to get your music to maybe get played on the radio. And when you have all these barriers, the end quality of whatever is created can oftentimes be, you know, mid at best because it's difficult for everyone to get access to these tools. But now everybody has access to all the tools you could possibly ask for to make something great at scale, which makes the competition and the difficulty to get noticed and seen, you know, 1000 X more difficult. So what does this mean? To me, I just think that any project, any person that's trying to build something, especially in this space, has to always be asking themselves, like, how will this break the internet? How is this so insane that nobody's ever seen this before? How is this better and and cooler and more interesting than anything else that's out there? And I think, like, that is just the guiding principle that anybody that's looking to make something in this space needs to always remind themselves, especially in crypto, where people are ready to move on from something in a moment's notice. People are ready to just, like, look at the new shiny object. So it's just important to me that uh, if we as D-Gods have one impact on, on the space, like, always be trying to push the boundaries and trying to do something that people haven't done before and, and, and be noisy about it and make sure people see it. Because uh, we're all competing for attention. This is the attention economy. And uh, I just think that's that's probably the most important thing. And the easiest way to get attention is when you're doing something that it's very difficult to ignore because it's so cool, different, or interesting. Um, hopefully, that answers your question. In terms of people, I guess like Elon, Jack Dorsey, you know, the fucking cliche names um, are probably my biggest inspirations on the business like founding side for sure. Paul Graham as well. Yeah, the guy that started Y Combinator. Do you see yourself like uh, moving forward uh, a scene that you will be uh, talking more about uh, solo entrepreneurship in terms of uh, motivating someone, motivating uh, young fellows just like me to uh, not only create their own project, but uh, share their ideas or uh, make their ideas into the... Because I I'm an entrepreneur myself. Mm -hmm. And NFTs fucking changed my life in a in a in a level that I that eight months ago I didn't imagine. Eight, eight months ago I was dumb, broken, sick. That was everything yeah. that I I got at the time. And I don't have as much exposure right now because I'm not the marketing guy. I'm more like the ideas, the the product guy, you know. And would you be like uh, interested in for in the future to produce more content to be more vocal about uh, entrepreneurship on the blockchain? Yeah, 100%. Um, what am I? Yeah, first answer is yes. Uh, and I don't I don't even want to do it in a cheesy way. I think like a lot of times everything in this space is a lot more simple and not more complicated, uh, especially more simple than most people make it out to be. And one of my things that I like the least is people say, oh, D Gods is good at marketing. D Gods is good at hype or whatever. And I, yeah, like, okay, I think we are pretty good, but I hate the label marketing. I hate the label like building hype because in reality, the way I've talked to everybody that's talked, you know, on our core team, on the extended team for D guys, I always say like, I don't think we're good at marketing. I just think it's ridiculously easy to market something that's fucking amazing. And so I think the best example of it is I made a lot of tweets talking about dead gods. I made a lot of, you know, things saying like, oh, this is what we're going to be doing with dead gods. But At the end of the day, you know, when we launched Dead Gods, I think D Gods was at like a 80 or 90 soul floor price. And and most people were trying to fade D Gods when Dead Gods launched. Like I think a lot of people were saying, 
This is a sell the news event, et cetera, et cetera. But we knew what we were building. We knew this was going to be like art that would literally, you know, blow, blow people's minds. And because of that, I think you see the results from building something that is, is almost hard to deny. And we really didn't do a lot of crazy marketing. I think we made like two video posts of it. We have a bot on Twitter that tweets every time a new dead God is created. But outside of that, all the marketing has been done from people's reactions to dead gods, from from people like, you know, talking about it, from people discussing it, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we really haven't done any kind of cheesy or big marketing gimmick for uh, for dead gods. And that has been like one of the biggest impacts on D gods in terms of our growth, volume, floor price, et cetera. And that's, I think, the biggest lesson to take away from if you're looking at D gods as an inspiration is just, hey, you make something really sick, the marketing will end up doing the work. The marketing will end up doing it itself, especially in, uh, in crypto. So that's just something to think about, you know, like we really did not do anything crazy for, for the marketing on that. And that was our best, you know, our best performing, most impressions, just like most attention we've gotten. So my focus would be on building something that nobody else um, is building and it's something people need and are excited about. And if you do that in crypto, like people will do the marketing for you. But the bar is really high, right? A lot of people get it confused. Like, oh, if only I got, you know, a thousand more eyeballs on my thing, that's what will make it go crazy. Like, in reality, the real fucking truth is crypto is a business of people that are are trying to be early. So if you have something that's really dope that's going to hit with the bigger market, realistically, marketing will not actually be your biggest problem. It, it, it shouldn't be, you know? Marketing will figure itself out. But if you're making something really, really – only if you're making something really, really dope. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, there's more nuance to it. Obviously, I'm not saying marketing is important, but as a high level like framework, it's important to just remember the bar for what you're making needs to be extremely high. And if you meet that bar and you really are ambitious and actually execute on it, um, people will do the marketing for you. And that's the best outcome possible. That's awesome. everything. Thank you so much, man. Looking forward to talking. Yeah, and you. I followed you. We should talk 100%, man. I didn't know it was a D-God building, solo land, so we should definitely talk. You know, I, you know what? Look out for the D-God stock, so let's definitely talk. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Luke, it's a great question, man. Thanks for coming up. Uh, Eagles, over to you, and then we'll dig in with Frank um, and Drax on, on what they're building. But, yeah, Eagles, you got a, a quick question, comment. Over to you, brother. Yeah, sure. Hey, uh, first off, can you guys hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Oh, awesome. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, hey, my name is, uh, I'm the community manager for Eagles, and um, I've been in crypto for roughly four months, and it's just amazing how quickly you can grow in this space, and you can happen to be in stage with some people in the space that are doing great things so quickly. So uh, uh, nice to meet you guys. I'm excited to be here, and um, I think my general question is, you know, for some of the people on stage that are more experienced than myself. Um, how do you really do it? Because this is actually the first project I'm, uh, I'm really managing in terms of community management and stuff. And what kind of advice would you give for someone that looks at your success and they kind of, kind of want to emulate it? And I know the question's been kind of quite, kind of, uh, sorry guys, public speaking, kind of asked before, but uh, more specifically, community management, Frank. How are you kind of doing it? How are you keeping everybody? so engaged even um after some of this huge hype you have or keeping them excited i guess yeah and i'd love for other people to answer this as well my main thinking is i come back to the attention economy so 
to me, it's like whenever we think of something to do with D-Gods, the first question usually, maybe second or third after like, okay, how many dev resources, et cetera, et cetera, to, to, to create it would be um, what content would be created from, you know, from this launch. I, I use Dead Gods because it's the most recent example. The next thing we're going to drop, I'm being more secretive about it, but you'll see like there's a massive content engine that's going to be created from from building something like that. And uh, the way I just think about it always is, how do we stay top of mind for people in a space where everybody is competing to be top of mind and people are way more likely to get excited about the new thing than the old thing? So um, I think it's, it's tough to get into specifics. I need to learn more about Eagles. You guys have done a good job. I've, like, heard about your, I've definitely heard about your project. Um, the key is just like giving your community things that they can be excited about that's going to happen in the future, but also like things from the talk about and do and be active with, uh, with right now. And the cool thing about, you know, NFTs and community is if you rally them around like one or two things, they're very likely to do that thing. So I know like what Kets did really early on that was really impressive to me was they just really rallied around this idea of like making memes and then also welcoming the absolute fuck out of everybody that joined their community. So they were getting like 800 something likes per person that would post like new PFP with a Kets PF uh, with a Kets profile picture. And that was like early days cats like the core utility like they didn't really have a lot of the future stuff lined out didn't really have like a massive roadmap or anything like that like that's coming now but uh early on they really aligned everybody around one or two things that would get them on the top of the twitter feed get the uh, attention of everybody in the space so i would just be focused on how you can do things that would generate you know attention in from the community like starting like yeah yeah that that's my thoughts um we should probably go more in de- depth with Eagles one-on-one because it's different for every project. But that's usually how I think about things is how do we dominate the attention economy? How do we uh, stay on top of, you know, like with, with a 24-7 type of content engine? Um, yeah. Great. Uh, thanks. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. And uh, definitely any of the other hosts, you know, we're always, always learning and uh, appreciate being able to be on stage here, stage here today. Thanks. Drax, Chris, I think y- y'all would add. I know Drax, you have so many moving pieces as well. I'll be curious to get your perspective uh, and Chris too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Frank nails it. I mean, when it comes down to like the actual marketing side, you know, it, it's it's really, you know, testing out different things, different moving parts you have until something like really works. And and I will take no credit <laughs> for the marketing side for Foxes. Uh, I know Brink's down there. Uh, you know, he's been a huge a huge help in just like really testing out like different little things, you know, like the orange movement for us, you know, it's just been like, Oh, you know, the one day he's like, Oh, just, you know, respond back to this tweet with a, with like a, a shush emoji. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing that for? And he's like, don't worry about it. Just like do it. And, you know, now we're, you know, also like a month out and like literally everything's just orange and it makes sense from our brand, but it just like, it just took us forever to like, you know, come to that conclusion, you know, running contests for like memes and stuff. We've got a contest with Yaku right now with orange and lemons and, um, you know, that shit's blowing up and it's, and it's, it can be dumb little things. It doesn't have to be, you know, creating dead gods or creating the next, whatever, like crazy, you know, amazing utility for the space to, you know, get a huge advantage out of. Um, but you know, just like, just like, trying things out and when when something sticks and it hits i mean that's why they call things that really pop viral i mean it's just you don't know what's going to take off until it takes off and you know the worst thing you can do is not try um and so that's 
that's really what I would say. I mean, from our angle, we've got a lot of tools. We just what we just separated out like our, our notifications for our token market, just because you know we already have a, a shit ton of things that goes through our actual Twitter account. So it didn't make sense to flood it even more, especially for folks that are just using our token market for what it is versus like actually looking through all of our news for foxes. Um, so like that made sense, and it's just you know if you can try to, you know, sock away some money and, and try to get more hands on deck, I mean, that's, that's usually what's going to help you out because a team of 10 or 20 or 30 people can do a lot more than one person. It's just, as long as you have it sustainable, everyone agrees on the brand, you know, and there's like no, you know, miscommunications and such like that's what's really going to grow like the brand of an actual project. Bars. And I, th- yeah, I think this is super, super good points from both uh, Frank and, and, and Drake. Like, you know, first of all, think about, you know, how do we capture the attention? How do we keep the attention? And second, as, as Drax mentioned, I mean, just try out a ton of things. It, it won't be like a perfect strategy, you know, that you go into a room and then you come out with the, you know, the perfect strategy. It is really trying uh, a ton of things. And if I were to add anything, you know, to those two really, really good points, then uh, maybe also think about you know how to keep the retention up. So how do you keep people in your community? And some of the basic uh, mistakes I, I see in, in a lot of projects still is is just you know basic communication. You know, so find find your own rhythm. Find find out you know what works for for you. But I mean, don't just leave the Discord or, or leave the Twitter. So so make sure that uh, the team is is responsive. And I mean, we do biweekly updates. So we do an update every Wednesday and every Sunday. And people know that, um, and and you know that means a lot for for retention as well. And be super curious about uh, the holders. Like, why did you buy? What was interesting? How did you find it? Uh, if someone you know uh, is about to sell, you know why? And it's no problem for us if people want to sell. But I'm I'm still always you know curious. You know why or what thoughts? Uh, is there anything we haven't communicated? Um, so I, I would think uh, uh, about it in in those two ways. How, how do you get the attention and how do you experiment and to to onboard people, and then you know when people are in your community, how you know can you be responsive and uh, and take care of them? Hey, one final um, comment or question on this topic of marketing, and then we'll move into some more details on Famous Fox Federation and um, D Gods. And if you got more questions, guys, feel free to request. We'll bring you up here. But I guess my question tied in with the marketing piece. So you guys are kind of like the CEOs of your projects. How big of a leash are you giving? the community or those that are kind of part of the team, you know, do you fully delegate some of these things or do they come to you and kind of ask for a final call? Like, what does that look like? For Foxes? I mean, we, we have a lot of moving parts to it. So it's, uh, I would say, I would say it's, it's not 50, 50, it's like 75, 25 at best where we kind of give them a decent leash. I mean, we're, we're established enough over a period of time that they understand like our brand. Like one of the things that I'll talk a little bit about, you know, for us is like rebranding of our website. Um, so I think like the biggest thing for us that we're like working through right now, it's not completely finalized, but having like a branding document that just goes through, it can be as simple as like your colors and fonts and just simple shit like that. Uh, that goes a long way when it comes down to the marketing angle, because then as long as you keep to that same document for whatever you're creating, it's all going to look very fairly consistent. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be the exact NFT picture in the exact spot or, or whatever, but the message is consistent. The font looks good. You know what I mean? Like the brand style is pretty on. So you kind of just give them more of a leash to, to go crazy and create gifts and, you know, 
for us, like make whatever you want, like orange and just orange everything. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we give a decent leash. Uh, you know, there's, there's very few things that we have folks just like check back with us before kind of just letting them go crazy. Um, so on the delegation question, it's something that we are actively working on and we've been pretty bad at um, in the past. But I do think we have something interesting for people to take value from on how we've thought about um, our main account on Twitter from day one, basically. So I think like there's two ways to kind of run a main account. One of them, which is total, both of these are totally fine and viable, by the way. But the, the more common one that you see is where the main account is used for updates on the project, maybe some funny shit posts. It's funny because it's coming from the main account, you know, just like the more marketing team kind of oriented uh, uh, brand. For us, the way I've always thought about it is, you know, you have people in the community that are doing incredible things, whether it's about the D God's brand, whether it's like writing an awesome thread, whether it's just like doing something really crazy, uh, you know, and, and for me, I've always thought, okay, so D God's is going to be building the, the actual Twitter account is always going to be building a bigger and bigger uh, following the bigger we get. So I've tried to prioritize our feed to be less about, you know, super relevant project updates and, and more about giving people shine in the community that deserve shine. And I think that creates a pretty great dopamine loop for people to actually continue to make content for, for and about D gods, because they know if they make something cool or dope, they're going to get that D gods retweet. And then when that D gods retweet hits you, sometimes, you know, some posts still miss, but if it's like a good post, it could send that thing from maybe getting a hundred likes to 500 likes or a thousand likes. And um, I never want to lose that for the main D gods brand. I want people to feel incentivized to create content about D gods and know that, you know, sometimes we might miss something really cool, which is the other part of this that sucks. But I want people to know that they're going to have an audience if they do something cool that's about D gods. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I think about the main account for D gods. It's not about uh, having a really smart and slick feed. And it's more about, hey, if we see somebody do something cool, let's give them as much boost as we can and retweet them, comment on it, etc. Um, and I think that's a fun way to run your, your Twitter brand account. Oh, that's really good. Um, okay, let's keep rolling. So Let's dig into, uh, maybe we'll go to Franco to you. A lot of stuff that's in motion here. Anything that you want to highlight uh, with the roadmap, you know, whether it's dust or kind of some of the, the recent updates that you've mentioned here. Yes, dude, you're, you're letting me really chill. You're going to let me chill? Oh, 100%. Yeah, man. Um, no, so yeah, here's what I think. I think that the future of brands, especially when it comes to Web3, is going to be a mix of technology and culture, art, etc. And so what we're doing with D-Gods, I think, is a very clear case study of this. We have two key branches of D-Gods. We have D-Gods, the brand, the art, the future mints that we do. Like, that's D-Gods. That's our brand. The other side of it is Dust Labs. And Dust Labs is going to be a chance for us to really flesh out and develop the insane developers we already have on our team but the, the developers we want to continue to recruit and uh the audience you know for d gods will always be fixed at a core level to the number of holders that we have until we do a second mint which hint hint is coming in a few months um which is gonna be a larger supply but the other side of and that's gonna help us you know increase our holder base get more like attention people love a super hyped up mint our goal is to be the most like you know take the most hype mint on solana 
multiply that by 20x and that's going to be our goal we're going to spend three four or five months working on just the artwork for it so i'm very excited for that but that's like the guys brand right we're going to get celebrities on board we're going to do all kinds of stuff that brings us bigger and bigger as a brand and the presence of D gods outside of just Solana. Like that's, that's our goal for the brand development there. The other side of it is, can we build interesting utility usage and uh, infrastructure for all of Solana? And that's going to be our core focus for, uh, for dust labs. So the first thing we're going to be launching, I guess I'll spoil it a little bit is a way for people that don't have a lot of soul, don't have a lot of soul, like liquid soul to start paper trading on NFTs that they might not have enough money to buy. But if they make good calls and we can verify that these are good calls with the tech we're building, there's no reason why we shouldn't allocate them more, you know, soul so they can keep trading and making more money for themselves. And so that's going to be a huge initiative. Be, and the reason we're able to pay them is two parts because we're constantly building our Dow treasury up with D gods and uh, we can allocate some of that to dust labs. And on top of that, if they're really great at trading and they're giving good alpha in this tool app, like web app that we're building, then that's great alpha for everyone in the Dust Labs ecosystem. So it just kind of feeds back into itself. And that's something I'm excited about. That's going to be the first experiment. The next experiment is very likely going to be, in my opinion, what I think is going to be the best portfolio tracker for anyone and any project on Solana for NFTs. And the way we're building that very much is to build it in a way that it's going to be very easy to export into taxes into a spreadsheet where you can further manipulate the data into, you know, basically data composability with the portfolio tracker that's actually accurate. Like that's going to be another thing that we build. And everything we build is going to just cost dust to use. And I think that way the value still goes back to D-God. So if you're holding a D-God, like congratulations, like you have the dust miner that uh, in this ecosystem is going to be printing and creating dust. Um, But on the other hand, Dust is going to be open for anybody on on Solana to get access to and uh, use for all these different things we're going to be building. Um, So that's kind of how I see the future of D-Gods is there's two real wings of D-Gods. One side is going to be utility and usage for everyone on Solana, people that are new to Solana, people that already are in Solana. And the other side is just going to make uh, D-Gods a behemoth brand uh, across the world. Um, But that's kind of the future of of D-Gods in a nutshell. Sorry for the long rant. There's a lot to unpack there. It's pretty interesting. You know, I guess just being a DGAT holder myself, you know, obviously you you care a ton about the community that's here now and you want to expand that. You know, is that, it, it's got to be pretty delicate, right? So, like, how do you protect, you know, those that have been there, part of this movement, and at the same time open up avenues for others to get involved, right? So, like, what, what does that look like with, like, the, the secondary mint? How does that happen? Oh, man. Um... Okay, here, here's what I can say, and then I'll leave out what I can't say. What I can say is, if you are holding dust, that is the best way to prove, you know, your OG status for D-Gods at the end of the day. Because the more dust that you have, the more that you're accumulating, the more faith you have in the future of the D-Gods team and what we're going to build with dust. So there will be a massive portion of the second mint that's going to be allocated for not D-God holders, but for dust. And, uh, and it will be done completely in dust. And so my main thing is there won't be anything where, you know, every D guy gets airdropped one of these new mints. It'll more likely be there will be a massive kind of uh, supply of that mint that's going to be allocated for dust, uh, dust only. And so people that have accumulated a lot more dust will get a lot more of those NFTs. And then on the other side for the opening it up to the community, while I would love to do a very cheap mint, it's very unlikely that this is going to be a cheap mint. It's not going to be an insane price either, but 
it's going to be about three to five months of work we're going to put into into this mint, which I think is probably a record, you know, for a lot of projects uh, working on the artwork and working on the actual like structure, utility, tokenomics, etc. for for a new project. So it'll be a very large supply and it won't be like the cheapest mint in the world, but you'll have a lot of benefit if you have um, dust because that will double act as both a whitelist spot and also, you know, um, a way to get into the mint without um, using Solana. And so that's kind of how I'm thinking about having access for DGOT holders for the next mint. Um, but the key for it is the reason we want to make it a little bit pricier is, is not because we are going to pocket that or anything like that. It's just we want to let we want to parlay the second mint into really, really expanding our holder base and making us an even bigger brand, bigger presence, bigger community on, on across Solana. But also by that point, I think it'll be a lot more of a cross chain ecosystem. And so just really cementing this D labs, D gods like brand as one of the biggest players in, in, in on any chain. Um, and in order to do that, we need to have a massive community. So that's my thought process there. A massive community and massive treasury. So that's my thought process there. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not digging that deep into the east side because I don't spend a ton of time there anymore. But you know, it seems like, and I could be totally out of, out of, out of connection on this. But it seems like a lot of these bigger projects, uh, Port Apes and whatnot, like they, they, I don't know if they've missed that, but they, I don't know if they if they're doing the, taking those types of actions, right, and building and expanding. So I kind of see this as, this as something that's very unique to the NFT space if you execute and on on kind of the vision that you have here. And it will definitely have. Um, well, I want to move influence. on from most, but I'll say one thing yeah. on Board Ape, right? I think Board Ape is, and Yugo Labs is probably the pinnacle example of what a great NFT project does, and exactly what I just described. They both mix culture and technology, like what they've launched with ApeCoin and what they're going to be doing by building a massive metaverse. <clears throat> they've raised four hundred fucking million dollars, and that's their moat, right? And what other NFT project has four hundred million dollars of liquid capital to build a team and build an actual product that everybody wants to use, which was which will be their metaverse game? Um, I think that they're definitely the pinnacle example of what a tech plus culture brand looks like. Um, for me with D gods, obviously like the goal for this is never to be like number two. And so for us, right. It give us a longer timeline of obviously like it's going to take longer than this October, which will be our one year anniversary to eclipse board ape. But I just think that w- with Solana, we're going to have a lot more people that are going to have access to this ecosystem in a year and two years than anything that's in the Yuga Labs Yuga labs ecosystem. <clears throat> They'll just be priced out. And so using that and building an even stronger community along the way, I do think we will, um, our goal is to be the number one NFT project in the world, right? And uh, obviously, it's going to take a long time to get there. But I look at Yuga Labs as obviously the apex uh, inspiration and apex leader in the space as where we're kind of learning from what they've done right and what they might do wrong. But right now, I wouldn't say they've done honestly anything wrong. It's hard to, it's hard to point to anything they've done wrong. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> Last question, uh, and you can uh, close with anything you want, but... Uh, reading about at least over uh, Twitter threads, the tie-in with Dust and Magic Eden is that happening? And okay, yeah. So I'll give some alpha about? there too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, how it came about is uh, midway through our sprint at one of these Airbnbs for Dead Gods, uh, Chart Fu. He he was messaging me. He said he's in LA. I told him to come over, and so he came over, and we started talking. And uh, and yeah, I mean, the idea at first was just look. Magic Eden is trying to do a lot more than just be an art marketplace. They want to integrate with games. They want to integrate with all kinds of different NFTs. 
in order to do that well, they need to have some kind of SPL token integration and uh, be able to build markets. Like if a game launches, for example, a massive AAA game launches on Solana and they want to do their own marketplace in their own in-game currency, it, it would suck, you know, if they did that outside of Magic Eden's ecosystem. So that's the real reason why Magic Eden is testing, you know, with Dust, with Aurora token. I think there's a few others that are going to come out. What I told them and what the latest iteration of this partnership is going to be is I didn't necessarily love the idea of people um, using Dust to buy NFTs only because the only way they would be able to do it is by Atomic swapping it in the background into Soul and then paying the end user in Soul, which I feel like goes against the whole ethos of what we've built here with Dust, where one Dust equals one Dust. And so what now the new iteration is going to be is it's gonna we're, they're going to allow people, uh, new projects, to allocate a portion of their mint for Dust only. And uh, projects can basically have a section of their mint that will be in Dust uh, only. And so that's going to be the iteration that launches with Magic Eden. We made an announcement with the first project that's going to be doing it. And uh, the benefit that you get from that is a direct pipeline to the D-Gods ecosystem. And I think we saw that recently with this project. I think it's called Breadheads, where they opened up a portion of their mint. They, they, were, having, they were having trouble selling out for like a month. And they opened up like the last portion of their mint to uh, dust. And it, it, it sold out in like 10, 20 minutes. And uh, I think we're going to see that continually happen with uh, projects that choose to integrate portions of their mint with Dust. And then for what that project does with Dust, that's a lot of what we're building in the upcoming uh, weeks and months with Dust Labs. Because it's not just going to be tools just for individual consumers, but we're also planning to build uh, DAO tooling as well. Like a good example is raffles and auctions. It's like, uh, for lack of a better, you know, I think we started doing it. I think a lot of other projects are doing it. And uh, we're just going to open source our code for people that pay for DAOs to pay a Dust subscription and they can do it in their own native token. So that is what I think is going to be cool about it is we're going to help other projects give utility to their own token. And we have like 10 things planned for that. So the DAO can actually buy a fuck ton of Dust and pay us on a subscription basis to give their uh, their native token more utility. Um, that's one of the core ideas as well with Dust Lab. So that would be the benefit of doing a Dust, you know, portion of your mint in Dust, not to mention the hype and the marketing that you, you get from doing that as well. Um, but yeah. Let's hop over to Drax here in, in a second. Last question for you, Frank, is for those that are sitting on the sidelines, like I don't have a, a D-God, for example, um, think about getting one. This is just, you know, I have one already. I was saying you have people out there that are like, oh, should, I, should I grab one now? Should I not? You know, what do you think? What's the sell? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I thought you said Hell yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, what's the sell? Right now. Get, yeah, get yeah, in, yeah. Get in. Yeah, what's the sell? is like, A, first of all, don't make any... We're, we're very expensive now, so don't make any dumb financial decisions in order to afford a D-God. Um, but what I would say is I'm going to go out of my way for the rest of my time working in NFTs to constantly give value to D-Gods and D-Gods first. Obviously, our second mint, we're going to do a lot of cool stuff for everyone that buys one of those. But uh, yeah, like D-Gods will always be the number one priority and giving value back to D-Gods. Even if you think about Dust Labs at the end of the day, while yes, it is altruistic. Yes, we do want to open it up to the entire ecosystem and, and give people a cheaper price point to access you know, um, everything we're building. At the end of the day, D-Gods are the things that mine dust and create dust. And so by giving dust more value, obviously like that gives more value to D-Gods themselves. And so just remember and see like what we've already kind of proven out is that everything we do will always go back to giving value to these original fucking D-Gods. And so if you're thinking about getting in, 
I think there's there's really no way to time it because any day now we could have some <laughs> there might be something fucking nuts someone really famous buying one literally tomorrow I can't spill any more beans on that because we'll see if he does it but uh you know any given day now something crazy could happen and that's kind of the the way we've set everything up with D God so it's kind of hard to time but uh, yeah man if if you get a D God like you know that I myself and our team has your back for fucking eternity and I think we've proven that to this date but we only want to make set expectations higher and continue to prove it. Um, but yeah, that's good. All right, cool. Frank, thanks for, for going deep. We've got Thank like you for asking. seven questions that are here. So as long as you guys can hang, I'll put those guys on hold and give tracks, uh, track tracks, not tracks, tracks, the floor to kind of go deep on famous fed. And if you guys have questions, uh, we will get to you. Hopefully these guys can hang on. Um, and I know everyone's really busy. So Drax, let's get the mic over to you. Give us uh, the deep dive on what's happening with famous Fox Federation, a thousand things going on. Uh, and then we'll get, we'll get some more, we'll get some more questions, uh, from the community as long as we have time. So yeah, over to you, brother. Thanks. For, of course. For the- no, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> follow after Frank is, is a fun one. Um, you know, when it comes down to like our actual brand, uh, you know, one of the more fun things that I'm pretty excited for is actually uh, a website redesign that we're working on going through. So, it's been one of our like bigger pain points. And one of the things that we've kind of seen from like our branding side that I think can be more beneficial to the Solana ecosystem as a whole was kind of a way of onboarding people. So like our current initial landing page of our website is more geared to like a mint slash pre-mint phase. And we've outgrown that significantly over the past, you know, six, seven months. Um, so we're, we're, we're rebranding that. And, uh, you know, we've got a few folks that are working behind the scenes, you know, I'll say like day in, day out, like going through doing this redesign. I'm quite excited for it, you know, cause again, I think, you know, we really need that from like an onboarding phase for Foxes. It's not just, you know, coming to our website and using one of our tools, but it's kind of like, why should you buy a Fox? Right. Or, or, or what's the value prop essentially without kind of telling them what the value prop is, um, so that's one of the things that's been been in the in the making that I'm pretty excited for us to launch out. Uh, the next bigger piece that I'm very excited to kind of see it, how it grows in the space because uh, we're starting to kind of see this transition. I believe um, outside of just like what Frank was mentioning, you know, like the the PFP projects and the just utility projects, and starting to onboard other kinds of artists. Um, so we are partnered up with Huli Gang for creating a, a music marketplace that's going to be called Boombox. Um, so we will be sharing, uh, I believe we've agreed to it behind the scenes, um, some uh, alpha on what that's going to look like. But uh, but basically, it's it's you know going to be you know around like beats and stems and and you know just onboarding new artists. Uh, it's got a real fun like look and play to it. You know, it's primarily like their design that we're just kind of taking and building it into a system for them. Um, but I think that's just going to onboard a whole nother level, a whole nother wave, if you will, of, of interest into the space, um, for people that want to kind of support those artists, just because there's just so much from like a financial side, that's like a negative for musicians in like the current way that it's done in web too. And I think there's a huge value prop that exists out there that will kind of build over time for um for really music nfts within the web3 space so uh super stoked on that um we are also adding in so like our our web or i'm sorry our staking 2.0 has been like missions so it's kind of been like more of a gamified staking it's primarily based around attributes and we've done um we've done collaborations with other projects to have like their nfts also get staked with ours into missions uh for example like pesky penguins and jambo mambo um 
but we are taking it to another level where we're getting more of the community involved into single missions and we're calling them raids. And so it's a whole lot of foxes around specific attributes. Uh, the very first one is primarily for centurions and you can have um, both famous foxes and transdimensional foxes take those places. But basically they go out, they get some level of loot that's out there via treasure chests and you redeem those treasure chests through our website. You can get NFTs, you can get, um, uh, foxy tokens you can get interior den rooms you can get merch tokens which i'm working on trying to finalize that up to get those shipments out because there's been some people that have been patiently waiting too long um and uh you know i'm just really excited to see kind of the community angle from getting behind you know these kinds of missions because i think you know again from like the entertainment side like that's part of like our niche that we have like within the space is, is to kind of build up a brand that's more in the entertainment space because like like frank's talking about you look at the actual other brands that are kind of in the space you know the bigger ones they're not like super heavy on like the utility side they're just kind of known as like an actual brand and they've got people that are buying into them for that kind of that piece. And that's where kind of, we are aiming to get as well. You know, like Frank says, like everybody wants to be the number one project, you know, that exists within their blockchain. So like, that's obviously what others are also working up to. Um, and then kind of piggybacking off of that, like our actual merch line, that's one thing that we've been um, working on. We've, we've collaborated with other artists to get pieces that are going to be going to be featured within our section um, so my hope is, you know, with, within the month, um, that we'll be able to get those items finalized and, and start running them. Um, you know, I know there's been, like I mentioned, some folks that, that are earned free merch, um, that we have to work on getting out to them, but that's just been one of the things that for me personally, have been trying to kind of manage, um, outside of all my other stuff that's really going on. So it's been, just been a little bit of a challenge. Um, we also are planning on building in, which I know folks have been like, anxiously waiting for but like a leaderboard system for our fame which is our experience for foxes so the one thing that we revealed um today is that we are actually working with a xeno um for those of you that are, are familiar with xeno he does a lot of one-for-one -one, um, type of pieces for himself uh, as an artist uh, he is working with us to kind of enhance different attributes so we're kind of doing something similar to kind of like the d gods dead gods model but this is specifically around attribute bases and it's level gated so you have to get foxes to a specific level in order to um, unlock these different attribute upgrades and you can basically do them for your foxes uh you know it, it's just an, an added enhancement for the actual nfts it's it's done uh via um entanglement so it's you're not burning the original nft you can always get back to it uh because i think that's kind of the appeal of actually owning an nft is having that base asset you know it's almost like opening a pack of pokemon cars or whatever and getting a charizard like you don't want to just like use a marker and <laughs> and enhance that charizard you want to still own that actual nft um so that's pretty important for us and then probably one of the more bigger pieces that i'm excited about just because of the level that i see metaverse is getting to is us having uh, a mechanism for getting 3d foxes within really any metaverse that wants to exist portals obviously is one of our like main targets just because we've worked with the portals team you know very closely and uh it's more so just getting all the assets created in a way that really replicates foxes and it just allows people to be able to kind of connect their wallet in automatically grab their information give them a 3d model and then boom you can use it in that metaverse so those are probably like the bigger ticket items that i'm most excited for you know over the next i'll call it three to six months 
Um, and you know, it's just, it's just so fun to be in the space and to be able to be creative about what you really want to build and then look from like your audience side, as far as like what the community is also interested in like owning or wanting to get and being able to try and like deliver that as best as possible. Can you, um, and there's a ton there to unpack, but one that's one thing that's top of mind with me is just the dens. Can you maybe speak to some of the utility or what your thoughts are for the the dens over the next you know year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a an excellent question. So as far as dens go, for those that aren't familiar with them, they're kind of like our you know pseudo metaverse play within our website. Um, so it's 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 fairly similar to how Solsteads are designed, where you have a directory. There's different one for one pieces in there, and then there's a whole slew of just different areas that exist within like our Fox universe. Um, and within a den, any individual den, uh, what you can see, wh which I think is like the best value prop for it, especially for other projects, uh, is like full transparency to a wallet address. You can link it to a Discord and Twitter account, and then you can see all of the NFTs that exist within that wallet. We have them separated in different categories. So you can see your Foxes, which are counted as residences, then you can see all of your Solana NFTs. And then if you link an Ethereum wallet, you can see your Ethereum NFTs below that. And then if you have any dings, which is kind of like our NFT messaging system, there's a mailbox at the bottom so you can see any ding messages that come across. So Fox, uh, so as far as our dens go, if you go into someone's den and you see an NFT on there, if it's listed for sale, you can click on it, jump into the listing and buy it. You know, You can offer them a different price and whatever that system is. You can offer a, a swap directly from their actual den. So we use uh, what's called Foxy Swap, which is an NFT swapping system. But you can just go right into their den, click on their NFT. If it's approved in our collection set, then you can swap or offer a swap with them. It can be you know Solana on just your side. We we changed that up recently where you don't have to have an NFT on both sides, um, or you can offer an NFT or a bunch of NFTs. Uh, and then on the other side of it, you also have a button that's at every den where you can send them a ding directly. So you don't have to like go and find their wallet address and all that fun stuff. You can just click on ding, type up the message you want to send them and send them a message, which costs Foxy to do. But um, but a ding is basically like getting, you know, an, an email, if you will, uh, to a certain number of characters. Um, but it's been helpful for folks to get like their dot sold addresses or to buy a specific NFT that might be off the market. Uh, if you know what the owner's address is. So it, it's super helpful from a way of navigating through like our tools. And, and if you go into your own den, you can list your NFTs into our trading post where, you know, if I've got a, a D God that I want to list for sale for something, like I can put what I'm interested in getting. If it's just dust, if it's whatever, like you can put whatever you want in that trading post, which is also nice, but that's only if you own a den can you actually listen to the trading post. Anyone can go in the trading post and see what exists in there, but it's just some of the the actual utilities that we have for dens. And you know who really knows what we're going to end up doing with them in the future, as far as like trying to enhance them or bring them into you know an actual metaverse or something like that. Um, really, it's just been a start for us to kind of get there. And there's three thousand plus of them because of the one for ones that we've been adding into the famous Fox friends and foes collection, but they're, they're, they're super helpful for folks that own them to kind of navigate through, you know, like the trading side or the, the swapping side or, or just messaging folks or just really jumping into a DAO and seeing what's in their DAO treasury. Uh, you know, it could be their NFTs, could be their, 
you know, jump into their wallet address and check their soul scan. If you're curious to see like how much money they have, what they've been doing with it. Um, it's super helpful from a transparency side that I think is pretty awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to, to what you expand. You've already mentioned a ton of stuff with the, the dents there, but um, I just picked up a dent. So I'm just, I'm really curious about it, but yeah, excited about what, uh, what you have there and what, what the expansion will look like. So that's awesome. Nice. What, what kind did you get? Um, it was actually pretty expensive. It was actually, I don't know if ranking really matters much with the dens. I didn't really research it myself, but it was like ranked 95 and it was like six soul. Okay. So, that's, that's pretty solid. Yeah. As far as the ranking goes, it was like a big them, school house. So, okay. Yeah. As far as the ranking goes, the ranking's a little complicated because technically it's like 23 collections, I believe in one. Um, so as far as like the, the rarity side or, or we have like a score associated to them. So every den has, like a score and you can increase your score by adding interior rooms to it. Um, there's unique rooms like such as dead gods uh, and portals. Actually, we have interior rooms that are like based on attributes and such that they've sent to us since we created um, dens for them, but you can buy like that interior room and that can add to the value of like your actual score and dens are sometimes required in our missions, which is our, our gamified staking. So if you have the specific room that's inside your house, inside your den, uh, with a score of two hundred or higher, that can count instead of having to buy a specific den. So, like if a facet den's required for a staking mission, and I know it's kind of complicated, but you can do it with a regular school den that has a facet room as long as the score is above two hundred. We we tried to make it as simple as possible, but when you get into like the gaming side, it gets a little convoluted, to be honest. <laughs> Do you think uh, like how rare Moon Rank will ever incorporate some of those rankings? I I think I don't think Moon Rank cares if I'm completely honest with you. Um, how rare? Like I guess it's kind of different because that 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 rank or that number on a den can change when someone buys a room, so it would change the rare like the ranking side constantly. And I don't think there's a tool out there that's really useful for doing that and also most nfts won't normally do that for their actual collection um i wouldn't say it goes against the idea of like actually having an nft as part of a unique collection but um for us it's a little bit different because our dens are primarily for the utility side versus like the actual rarity side or else we would have just made 23 unique collections that all had their own rarities associated and ranks that actually made sense for them Okay, got it. Makes sense. All right, guys, this is the uh, Lit Late Show. Moon Roving here, hanging out with Frank from DGAS, obviously, Drax from um, MS Fox Federation. We got Chris uh, behind Portals here as well. I think Function uh, had to drop, but we'll keep rolling here as long as you guys have time. I'll stop asking questions. We've got five or six guys that have questions, uh, and we can kind of hit those now and, and, and roll, uh, maybe roll off the show as, as we run out of questions. So with that, let me pull some of these guys up if that's cool. Um, Let's see. The henchman, I'm pulling you up. Chris will pull you up. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, am I ready to go, Moon? Yeah, brother. You're oh, good. Awesome. What, what do you got? Hell, so, hey, guys, I'm a bit starstruck right now. Thanks for giving me a chance to come up. I just love being surrounded by players in this space that are generally trying to make a change for Solana, making a better space. So, oh, famous Fox, all of you guys in here. Frankie, my mom says hi. You're a total stud. Moon, you're a terrific host. My hand hurts from being raised for so long we to be caught upon, but I know it's for the greater good, so I forgive you. But anyways, I just wanted to pivot off a bit in regards to the marketing talk that you guys were, were referencing earlier, because I think 
we're at a crucial turning point where people are starting to rally around the real builders and uh, people are starting to get a brain for themselves and starting second guessing, aping straight into what a show freelancer tweets and then realizing that that's o- that only leads them to getting dumped on soon after, you know? And um, yeah, so regarding the marketing and whatnot, I learned that the hard way because I thought I could stay a- under the radar. I-, I could get away by staying under the radar by just having like a refreshing roadmap and a killer dev team consisting of board king and the guy who invented the wallet lock basement and all that stuff, you know, but uh, yeah, I actually ended up disregarding paid marketing because I generally don't believe in, in it, you know? And uh, so I went for a more honorary individualized approach, but it seems like in the end, you really do want a bit of a mix. So, and what works best for you and your project, which is what kind of you guys touched on. Because in the end, we ended up being like slept on way too hard to the point Magic Eden was like, yeah, yeah, we want to launch you, but you guys need more hype to the point we think you're going to sell out to have you on there. So where I'm at now is I basically decided to take a step back and do a rebrand and slow down and handpick our core community one by one. Because I think that's going to be worth it in the long run, even though if it takes a little longer. Because in the end, you know, we all want to be the number one, like Frank says. And and my goal here, here is to set a higher standard for all the other Solana projects out there. Because we're tired of the same old staking and breeding clones, you know. Like, we have enough of that garbage in the Solana space or in NFTs in general. Uh, so I definitely just want to vouch for that with Frankie and what he said in regards to community making a difference. Like what he said with uh, Cats on Crack, welcoming everyone and you know uniting as a whole rather than just sitting there with their arms crossed waiting for the dev to do something and maybe an influencer like send some traffic their way and then they just go the natural pump and then they end up getting dumped so hey hence not to cut you off we have a lot of questions so just trying to make sure we got time yeah, for everybody. i was just gonna wrap uh, yeah, up get, here get your question. you gotta cut me off i was just i was just gonna say that um frank if you were to start from the beginning like how how would you do it because, I mean, I see all the support you have on here with your Degods, PFPs, and that's great. But let's say you don't have the status that you have now. Like, what would be your approach to, like, you know what I mean? Dude, I honestly fucking love this question. And I've been meaning to get this out in the world for a while. Okay, here's my thought. So, I'll take you all the way back to the original Degods, like, and how we first built this hype. And it, it goes to my thesis of, of crypto marketing. I think that I'll start with the headline, and then I'll break it down. I think that... Almost 99% of crypto, a great organic crypto marketing is explaining what you do clearly a thousand different ways over and over and over again until something finally hits. And uh, I'll explain, right? When we first launched DGods, we literally had zero followers. We literally knew nobody in this space, knew literally nobody in the space. And uh, we had no idea of how we were going to actually like get it, uh, you know, get hyped for the project. And what ended up happening is, we launched with one Twitter thread that explained exactly what the fuck we were doing. It explained paper hand bitch tax. It explained that we were going to do like an X, Y, or Z thing with a roadmap. It explained like kind of how we were thinking about different things. It explained just literally what we were doing with eGods and it showed the art, like extreme clarity, showing the art and explaining what we're going to do. And we had one thing that I think was really, really easy to market. And coming back to what I was saying earlier, the key to marketing is having something that's easy to market because it's fucking awesome. We had paper hand bitch tax. So if you're launching and you actually do have a refreshing, interesting new take on a roadmap or interesting things you want to do, I would literally just try to tweet out in as simple of a way as possible, many different times, exactly what you're doing. And uh, if you can get that to fit in a Twitter, in a tweet 
which is almost a prerequisite if you think about it, right? Because other people are going to need to tweet about you. And if they can't explain what you're doing in one tweet or maybe two tweets, then it's already too complicated of an idea. And so that's my thought process on how to get started from zero. It's exactly how D got started. And I think that same strategy would work again today. Come on the scene, show people your art and explain what you're going to do in literally one or two tweets and uh, get people to retweet that, get people to post that, tag some people, just like be scrappy, DM people, maybe not the more famous people in the space because like their DMs, my DMs are just fucking wrecked, right? But somebody that's smaller that you think would like this project, like you're saying, handpicking, um, you know, handpicking people and get them to start showing it. If one person that has somewhat of a following in the space might not even be 20,000 followers, it might be 1,000, it might be 500. But if they retweet it and that person is followed by an influencer or somebody that has a bigger following and the content of what's in that tweet looks exciting and looks promising, you have the potential for a breakaway, you know, viral post. And so that's not going to come from your first iteration of uh, explaining what you guys do, but literally just iterating, and iterating and explaining and explaining what you guys are building in the most clear, simple and exciting, bullish way possible is the best way to start from zero. And I would do it again, you know, if we had to start from zero again today. Thank you, Frank. And just a little sub question, if I may. So what do you think makes the difference for when like these projects blow up without doing this from the beginning like without saying the roadmap and all of a sudden like they blow up like you mentioned cats on crack do you think that's sheer luck or paid show influencing what what would you go on what's to say about that no i i think you'd be surprised that like especially the projects that perform well in the secondary market i think you'd be surprised how few of them go the paid influencer route um but in terms of like getting that initial it's really about getting the initial hype honestly like just 500 fucking followers a thousand followers and then from there it's a ticking time bomb from whether it's soul big brain me you know ice snipe anybody that's in the space like seeing it being excited about it and then making a little retweet or reply or whatever it, it literally is a ticking time bomb if you have something that's gas um so i don't think paid influence influencer stuff is that important I think Kets, I wasn't there uh, when they were like really early on, but I imagine it's the tried and true method of just showing the fucking art. Like at the end of the day, most things, I think when they hit our radar for a minute, usually you don't see a roadmap announcement. Like usually you just see the picture of the fucking NFT that you're about to mint or that, that, that are going to mint. So OK Bears is a mint that I know is coming up that's really, really fucking hyped a lot of their marketing has just been artistic, right? It's just been curated things of what their art looks like. Their website looks really pretty. And so people screenshot that or they post a screenshot of that. Like it, it usually isn't that comp complicated. So I think um, you really don't need to go the paid influencer route. And uh, I think it's really about art and then fucking explaining what you guys are doing that's interesting or unique. Um, yeah. Thank you, guys. Right. Thanks, brother. Thanks for coming up. Good questions, uh, for sure. And I think what Frank mentioned at the front of the call, which was like have that magical thing that you're doing that's different and better than anybody else. Right? So if you've got that that awesome solution, that awesome concept, the marketing will come along, right? People will be attracted to it. And Obviously, the nuance you know, I want to add story. there real yeah. quick, because I, I did say I was excited that he asked the question, and I am, because I've never gotten a forum, I guess, to articulate this in this way. But uh, you know, the reason I say you should explain and tweet about what you're doing like 50 different times is usually if you start getting some traction on it, you could see the piece of it that people are most excited about. And that's going to give you that real signal that what you're doing is exciting or game changing. And so if people remember the way we got really locked in on dead gods 
was uh, initially, I remember we tweeted a picture of the plank attribute for DGOS, which I think universally everyone thought was like the worst attribute. And we replaced it. We just did a, we did a picture where it was like the plank attribute, equal sign, and then it was the, a knife in the head. And at first, I'll be honest, the idea wasn't even a full-fledged like Dead Gods type collection. At first, we were thinking about just derugging some of the floor traits. But then when we saw the reaction and how excited people were about that one little tweet that we made, we started to look into why people were excited about it. And once we started thinking about the dynamics of how we would actually make this happen, it became clear we basically needed to just redo the whole collection. And that's actually how the idea of Dead Gods came about. It wasn't us sitting in our room like thinking of the most the, the best fucking idea it was we put it out in the world we saw what people reacted and were the most excited about and then we decided to build something in that lane and that's how we knew we had something really really exciting um so that's my thought process on why it's important to constantly re-explain because usually your first explanation of what you know the your good idea is isn't actually the thing the market wants usually it's like two or three steps away from that and so by using you know twitter as a constraint of only being able to tweet 280 characters it allows you to just keep constantly iterating on what the actual idea is until you get something that really hits and when something hits on twitter or on crypto it really fucking hits like it's stupid obvious that it hits and uh and it's there's no question about it and that's also the definition of product market fit so Sorry for the rant. I know I, it's not really that relevant, but I've always wanted to, I guess, say this. And I think it is helpful for, for people that are trying to get that first spark, which I know is difficult for a lot of projects. And this is the way to do it. Explaining what you're doing simply, showing the artwork, and then just DMing it literally to people that are not as big that might be excited about something like this. They give a retweet and then all, and you do it in a non-shilling way. You know, Maybe you reply to their posts that's uh, not like shilling your project, but just saying something nice to them. They see, they click your profile, they might hit the follow button on your project. And uh, then from there, you can start a conversation. But really, like, be patient because once you start going, there's no stopping. But to get to the place where you're like getting breakaway virality, getting breakaway like hype, it's not always on fucking day one or it's not always on the day that you launch the account, you know? Um, so just be patient with the initial stuff and uh, keep iterating, get something that's fire. And that way, when you do start getting those bigger retweets, you do start getting traction. It's like, oh, it's a fucking home run. This makes perfect sense. I can't wait for this. This art looks great. This utility sounds next level game changing. And then you're going to go from 100 followers to 1,000 way faster. You can go from 1,000 to 10,000 even faster because you've built the framework for something that's really exciting. Okay, rant fucking over. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I just want to end it real quick. I know Moon hates us for going on, but yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. For me, it's just a bit demoralizing when you see these copy-paste projects, like do the same like engagement farm and get like 10,000 followers overnight. And I guess my reasoning for being a bit secretive with my roadmap is because I don't have that initial hype for this refreshing concept, and I'm afraid it's going to get stolen by another project with more hype. But thank you for making me see that I can also tease it very simply and indirectly and gain traction from that, like little by little. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it, man. Best of luck. Chris, over to you. Sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, over All to good. Henchman, thanks for coming up here. Henchman was so sad because he he saw the Oscar light, but I can promise you Moon's always been very good about being a host, man. Um, so quick question for Famous Fox and Drax. Um, I know you're close with Unfold, and like I've been talking with Peter on some of their projects they're working on. Are you guys looking to white label any of your solutions, sort of like the missions or in terms of like all the utility apps and 
how are you guys looking at partnering up with different NFT projects, even if that's in the pipeline? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, as far as like kind of white labeling them for other projects, uh, there there haven't been many. I think that like want to come like that are interested in like a, a lot of the different angles that we've gone. There've been a few that we've tried to like get integrated. You know, such as like our Ding platform. And I think that makes sense. You know, depending on what the tool is that it's getting integrated on. But we are actually like I, I should have mentioned earlier. We are working on finalizing an extension uh, for Chrome that, that will allow you to kind of utilize some of our utilities on, you know, the more popular sites, like such as Magic Eden. Um, so, you know, I'm, I would say like we're always open to folks if they have, you know, an interest in it. There have been other projects such as like Soul Sniper that's gotten like data from us, from our uh, token market, and they kind of process that data and they, they package it out in their own way that they display it. Um, you know, we're always open to, you know, collaborations with other projects, you know, if they're interested in kind of getting, um, you know, some level of like our utility that we've created so far. And, you know, I know a lot of projects are more interested in kind of creating their own things. Um, so they, that's kind of the way that I've seen it for the most part over the past, you know, I'll say like, like few months. Um, but, you know, never against, you know, listening and chatting with folks to kind of figure out what makes the most sense from like a, a synergistic, uh, you know, partnership um, for, for kind of, you know, some level of our utilities or something that they kind of want help with. I mean, essentially, you know, the partnership with Huli Gang with us building out a, a music marketplace, you know, is on a different level. Um, but obviously, you know, there's, there's always opportunities that exist out there. And I would never turn down a conversation with anyone about it. Shout out to Max and Soul Sniper team. I actually just met them at Miami Hacker House. So I definitely see uh, a lot of potential with them. But I mean, again, I bring you guys up because there are a lot of projects like, I mean, you know, I got my drone up here. They're not the utility side is really difficult for them to sort of grasp. I'm trying to work with them to find different avenues for branding and like game development. But yeah, like, do you do you envision that most of these projects are going to have to rely on their internal tech or are you seeing a future where it is like there will be one or two projects that have more technical utility that can really help like let's say there's a way that you guys again which is pie in the sky you guys are incorporating with magic eden any art nft or any nft project based heavily on art will be integrated into the mission and staking system that you guys provide and is that something that you see a future towards or is it like these individual projects should start building on their own tech yeah you know that's a really good question um you know i i know there are projects out there that do have staking that you can as another project like get involved with you know figure out how you want that to to kind of pay out folks and such so that hasn't really been something that i guess we put much thought behind like us having a platform i think it becomes a little bit challenging too because the one thing to remember is like there's going to be bugs and and all that kind of stuff that goes with the staking piece so i mean maybe if there's like some kind of a, a model that makes sense uh you know for us to kind of partner with other collections um you know i certainly wouldn't see that as being a negative and then with with the missions that is kind of like a heavier development piece to get the collaboration side going, uh, especially when you're dealing with collections that also have staking involved with their um, specific NFTs. I know a lot of projects recently have gone with the um, with the freeze authority for uh, for staking, so you can still keep the NFTs in your actual wallets. 
Uh, that does make it a little bit easier when it comes down to the partnerships for collaborations for NFTs uh, from other projects. Um, but it is a little bit more dev intensive. And, and obviously with our roadmap coming up, it's a little heavy on that side. But I think I think to your point, you know, some of our tools, if we're able to, you know, get the other collections kind of onboarded and provide some value from that angle, I could certainly see that being something that, that would make sense between us and, and uh, some of the rest of the Solana ecosystem. Cool. I mean, last thing, just throw out there for Portals and Frank and Drex. Are you guys going to head to Austin Hacker House or the Tokyo or the London one? I mean, I'm always trying to get more connected in person with the, all y'all. I'll, I'll be at NFT NYC uh, coming up in June. Yeah, in June. Okay. But any of the, like Frank, your Portals? It's the same uh, year in uh, New York. Uh, it will, will be the next one for us. I love Austin, but New York for me as well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the hacker houses are different, man. Like, you guys don't want, I mean, the demo day, I don't know if you guys knew, but like, my, we had like a bomb threat in Miami, like on demo day. I don't know if you guys heard about that. That was, bro, I was there and I got into some hot water because uh, I was there and they evacuated everybody. And after they evacuated everybody, the tweet goes out Hey, Solana, like, hacker house is closed. There was like an emergency, like, you know, that had to be dealt with. And I just replied, to that post and i said solana tps about to go burr oh because my. the hacker house oh is closed and i got like heat i mean it, you know i got a lot of likes but i got a lot of heat for it and i was just trying to say i mean i was there everyone was evacuated but yeah, yeah i was there for the miami hacker house i've been to a lot of the hacker houses um that's why i'm gonna skip austin but uh yeah i mean new york i think we're gonna do a d gods event there that's why i'm going but I just find that I'm the least fucking productive at these like hacker houses and stuff like that. I think it's great for people that are starting out, but now at this point, um, yeah, I'm not very productive at these. And so I can't keep going to them. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think it's a good place to network. I mean, I was able to not to name drop too hard, but like, you know, the magic Eden team, like Tiffany was there doing a lot of the marketing stuff and like your, like the D project got dropped a lot. And even famous foxes portals. I don't know too much about, but again, I think the more we can, completely dox ourselves and start meeting in person like moon knows i don't like to shill anything i'm doing right now just because nothing is made yet but it's really good to connect with you all and uh i mean hopefully we can meet in nft nyc i'll go and give you guys a follow maybe we can still stay connected it's funny i actually went to one of the hacker house days at miami and i didn't i just went as myself i didn't say i was frank at all and i talked to some people and they asked me what i do and i was like oh yeah i'm like interested in getting into web3 and uh, i was just there to see what the whole vibe was like um i think yeah i think i even talked to a d gods like person with a fucking uh, t-shirt on and i was like yeah i'm just interested in like getting into web3 should be it looks solana looks really cool just checking it out um but yeah that and was then you were like, you're at the Chris Lake event just getting drunk and just busting it to edm or some shit that night or something like that i didn't I get to go to frank no one picked up on your accent like oh yeah it's frank no, yeah. I was nervous about that. I mean, I didn't do a lot. I was just there. I just wanted to see. It was so cool to fucking see D-God holders in real life. And, uh, yeah, see them repping D-Gods. Like, it was pretty uh, emotional, honestly, for me, just seeing how strong the fucking presence was. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was really cool. All right, cool. And, Thanks for coming up, brother. Good to see you. Yeah, and Chris, just quickly, I mean, yeah. to, to, totally, you know, echo. Uh, I mean, uh, all, all the real events are really a strength for for the community and can highly recommend breakpoint uh, in, in in november i know it's far away but for 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 people to to plan for it uh, definitely high high recommendation for me a true blast uh, last time awesome chris thanks brother 
All right, Soul Visitor, over to you, dude. Hey, uh, thanks for having me up. Uh, first of all, Famous Foxes, really, really love everything that you guys have built. Uh, just totally impressed. I actually asked Foxy Dev the exact same question about white labeling or orange labeling, uh, what you've been doing. And he was like, I'm, I basically don't have the time or the kind of interest to do that right now, uh, which, I mean, I understand. And I also think just really maybe think about it as a project because so many of those tools, I would just say many projects would love and benefit from, but it, it needs to be probably approached as a services company at that point in time versus just only building for yourself. So first of all, huge props and thank you for everything you're doing there. Uh, I'm a Fox holder as well. Uh, for Frank, uh, when you first mentioned minting and dust, uh, we actually had for our project for Soul Visitors an, an ongoing our first mint going, and it had plateaued. And I was like, you know what? I think we can do that. Uh, we we converted to accepting only dust at a price that seemed reasonable, and it kind of got things started again. So I really, really appreciate being part of the D Gods community. My question for you, Frank, is well, two. One, did you get to meet Gary V? And two, uh, how do you feel personally about projects just adopting minting and dust on their own versus trying to do like some formal partnership with the D gods, which would be awesome to do, but I know you have, you know, it's, you got tons of, tons of stuff going on. So those are the two questions for you, Frank. Um, well, first of all, uh, I'll answer the second one first. So, yeah, I think it's actually awesome, and I, there's products that I am not aware of that have been uh, doing mints and dust, and I think that's actually really cool. My main goal, what we're doing with uh, Dust Labs, is to actually give utility to projects that have a good amount of uh, dust in their DAO treasury, and more specifically, like unfair advantages uh, on top of that. And so we don't have anything immediate if you do have a larger dust treasury and it, it is coming at a cost because that could be soul, like liquid soul that you're raising for growing the project. So I would recommend projects don't do too large of a percentage of their mint in, in dust. But I wasn't aware that you guys have an ongoing dust mint. I, th I just followed you. We should talk. If you make a tweet that's saying like, hey, we're doing a dust mint, um, go, go check this link out or whatever. I will retweet it from the D God's account right after this because i can see you have a d guys pfp that's all i really need to know um and that's sick man so happy to support you there um thank you thank you and, and that's awesome we actually sold out with dust and then we finished out with uh the last 16 minutes with foxy actually so oh no way dude that's yeah, fucking sick holy yeah, shit i didn't know well, man let's of, go it like it was like our test uh collection of 256 our main collection is coming up and we are definitely minting with dust again so, uh, dude, that is so sick. Well, yeah, utility is coming, and and my only thing I would get, I was gonna, now I understand your first question asking uh, Drax about the white labeling or orange labeling of some of the Fox tools. Um, what I would throw back at Drax is something to consider, and we could talk about this offline as well. I think, and and why we're factoring this into dust as well. I do think it's actually kind of a smart move to white label some of the services you guys have created for other projects. Because you could charge them like pretty a pretty large amount in terms of Foxy token, which would create more demand for Foxy token on the open market. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing for Dust as well. Is we're going to be charging like projects and DAOs in in Dust 
because they can afford it where individual consumers might not be able to. And it'll only go back to benefiting holders that are staking and earning Foxy or Dust. And you guys have a huge armory of, of tools. So maybe looking at what would help other projects uh, to open source. I think it's a smart move and you guys should definitely consider it. We, I know we are. I think it sounds good to me. Um, but yeah, Foxy Dev is a busy fucking guy, so no what? stress. But is that what you're asking, Soul Visitor? Um, because uh, you guys have this large treasury now, Foxy. Well, we 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 don't have a what I would call a large a large treasury. It was um, it's it's something though. Um, yeah, it was more more just recognizing the quality of those tools and that and when and Foxy Dev was like, I'm basically the only Solana Dev that Fox Foxes has, and that kind of also explained like how fast he's able to work, but also the reluctance to necessarily like add other projects or building things for other projects. And yeah. I think, I think you nailed it where you're like, yeah, there's bugs. And a lot of this is complicated and people are figuring it out in real time. And the, the people in this case is one person. <laughs> so yeah, it's nuts. Prioritize. Yeah, and the, so, and the trick, the trick too, is like, like, like tonight we're having like issues with our node and stuff like that. And so like, obviously there's going to be issues with the tools <laughs> and that's going to come with tweets and such from people that are trying to use our stuff that isn't working. So like, there's always that too. I mean, there's added level of complexities on top of complexities that you're dealing with blockchain tools when it comes down to the utility side. Yeah. Awesome. I can only imagine. Also, Frank on the podcast, if I remember, you mentioned the re- most recent interview. You mentioned that you have twenty people that you're paying right now. Yeah, you guys, is that true? Twenty-eight. Oh, twenty-eight. Yeah. And how many of those are like full time or just part time? Nine. Nine. That's yeah. Awesome. Man. Yeah, one of the big things me and Drax had a call the other day because you know there's some insider shit going on twenty four seven with Solana NFTs, and I told them like, bro. Like, you know, founder to founder here, one of the biggest things and the biggest upgrades that happened to DGods was actually actively hiring and bringing more people on the team because you, you know, we're competing in a game that's like 24-7. It's not built like most Web2 businesses and all Web2 businesses have big ass teams, even if their product isn't even isn't that big. And so um, the importance of building a team out, it, it just helps us stay, you know, relevant, constantly like keeping attentive to what the community needs, etc., and so, yeah, that's like a huge advantage for us. And we're only going to continue to expand that. Actually, yesterday, our designer just we just gave him a fucking uh, pretty, pretty sick raise. And we, he just quit his Web2 job. Um, and that's like the main designer that's made all the UI. And if you notice, the DGods UI has gotten 20x better this year compared to last year. Um, so, yeah, we're like converting people from Web2 to Web3 to work on DGods all the time. It's a big goal of ours. Um, and you had one more question about Gary Vee. Uh, so here's okay. Here's the alpha. We have a meeting with their fucking team next week. I'm fucking pumped. So it, it didn't happen in Miami, but it's finally happening. And uh, yeah, I don't think Gary's gonna be there himself, but it's with his team. I imagine they have like a screening process. But uh, but yeah, it, the fucking community delivered. He followed me on Twitter. We have a fucking meeting in the books. I'm I'm pretty excited for that. We'll see. Nice. Um, but yeah, good question. And- all right, so follow up because uh, you also mentioned some famous rappers. Uh, you don't have to say who those are. Uh, that you're like they're one step away. With with Shaq playing a D God, did you have, did you actually have a conversation with him, or was that also with like his team? Um, that was with his team, and uh, he ended up buying it himself. But and I didn't know when he was going to do it, and uh, he did buy it himself. But yeah, I was talking to his team um, at Astrals. 
And uh, that's basically how it got parlayed. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much how that happened. Because they were asking me questions about D Gods. He wanted to start getting some stuff in the Soul ecosystem. Um, I think he's in the room too. Yeah, that that was uh, that was his team that I talked to. I didn't get a chance to talk to Shaq directly yet. Um, but in terms of the rappers, bro, I mean, I got a text like an hour ago. Somebody crazy might be coming literally tomorrow. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been a big thing nobody can really see on the outside that we've been grinding on. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, we all also might be sponsoring a pretty big sponsor, a really big rap music festival pretty soon. All this stuff I'm literally not allowed to talk about until it happens. But, uh, yeah, like there are moves being fucking made on that direction 100%. Nice. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's awesome. go. Let's Thanks. go. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, guys. I will keep moving through Soul Visitor. Thanks for coming up. I actually just picked up one of your NFTs on Magic Eden, so I uh, go out and build, and I'm going to be a part of the movement, man. Thanks for, for coming up. Um, all right, let's keep running through questions here. We'll go to Platypus uh, here next. Speaking of sponsors, let me just give a quick shout-out to Battle Drones, who is our sponsor for the show, Lit Lake Show and the Morning Mint Show. Check those guys out. They're minting on the 21st. They're creating an ecosystem, gaming experience uh, by gamers, for gamers, P2E, PvP. Uh, check those guys out. Uh, usually the tweet is pinned here, but it's not because Twitter's having issues. But yeah, Battle Drones, thanks to those guys for helping us keep these shows going. Um, let's go with Platypus. Platypus, what you got for us? Yeah. Uh, hello, guys. I'm Platypus. Hello, Frank. I fucking love you. Uh, so yeah, uh, I've been uh, I've been trying to bring build a project of my own. I've been uh, working towards it for the past uh, like uh, past few months, and yeah, uh, ever since I knew about the space Web three and all, uh, I've been I never saw myself as a flipper to be honest. So yeah, uh, ever since uh, I've I came to know about the space, I uh, I remember uh, making a folder on my PC named my digital dream uh, so yeah i've been working towards that at the end and i think uh, um i have uh, we have something uh, really unique uh, like it's not uh, interruptive technology but yeah we think uh, we think we are putting forward something really unique in this space and yeah i think people will dig it actually uh, so uh, like i'm completely uh, i i've been learning for the past uh, past years like I've been learning more about this space without even investing a buck, uh, and I think uh, I still think I'm a uh, I'm a noob in this space. Like, uh, so like, what advice do you have for me, guys? Like, uh, I really want to make this. Uh, I really want to make an impact on this space. Like, I need every one of you's advice. I need uh, every one of you's support, and it would mean a lot to me. Okay, I've been going. I've been saying a lot, so I'll let someone else start. Well, I guess I'll just jump in quickly um, and just say, hey, there's a lot that was covered here as far as like marketing, getting the story out there, how to do it. If you missed any of that, make sure you go back and listen to the last hour, at least, of the show. Uh, if you are a newer project looking to kind of get get some momentum going. But um, yeah, Drax, did you have some comments for him? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say the same thing for you, Moon. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's you know, I know we've covered a lot of things. I know people are kind of fluxing in and out of the space. Um you know, I, as long as you have a good product, I know we've talked about that earlier, you know what I mean? Like, just be sure to make it simple, as, as Frank had mentioned, too. And, you know, just kind of get that out there from a marketing side, you know, get as many hands on deck that you can to help you out spread it. Um, and, and as long as you have a good product, like it'll it will sell itself as long as you are doing like the marketing side. So, 
you know, that that's probably the best, you know, outside of going back and listening to the, the whole show. I mean, really, I think all over the place, uh, you know, we've been chatting with, you know, just a bunch of different good alpha for new projects that are up and coming um, or, or that want to kind of exist. So I would just kind of start off with that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Platypus, Frank, thanks for coming something from you. Yeah, man, you just have to keep building and uh, keep listening to. I mean, honestly, you said you're not a flipper. You're not a degen. I just say, like, recognize that that is a big, big portion of this entire ecosystem, uh, degenerates. And so understanding where they come from is probably one of the biggest advantages you can give yourself when you end up uh, building something. Because, yeah, like, that's something that I, I channel all the time. It's like I always ask myself when I was a fucking DJ and still am, but you know, when I was really a DJ on the other side of this, like what would I want to hear? What would I want to see being built? And that's helped us a lot with a lot of decisions we've made with the guys. And I think maybe just a quick thing to add as well. Like if, if you're really, really just starting out, uh, go, go find, you know, one community or cover communities and just start, you know, contributing, you know, being there in discord, maybe get a moderator role or community role down the road and just, you know, start to get to know people, uh, because also for the other project that ask a similar question, if if you know nobody, nobody will will, will know you. And relationships and connections is a huge part of this uh, ecosystem and can really help you get get started for sure. So you know, find somewhere and just start to to contribute. Yeah, uh, I've been collecting N- NFT since uh, like uh, a few months back, and yeah, uh, I've been in some really good communities. Right now, I'm holding fun guys, yeah, and I really love the community vibe there. And yeah, uh, actually, I've made some really good connections in the space through these communities, and I'm really grateful to all those. Uh, yeah, and I'm still may, uh, looking forward to make new connections. And thank you guys, thank you. It's a, it's been an honor to share the space with you. Thank you. Thanks, Fabius. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, never underestimate the power of uh, an awesome network. So, and don't go out there looking for people to help you. That's obviously a piece of it, but you know, give yourself up, right? Give yourself and try to add as much value as you can. And you'd be surprised what what comes back, right? So, give out, go out, and just do everything, do as much as you can for free, right? Build those friendships, help other people, and it will all come back to you. Um, thank all right, thank I'm, you. yeah, brother, I'm so over to you. So did you say that portals had like an avatar mint recently? Or something? Characters or something? What did I hear earlier? Because I feel like I should for sure know about that because I am super interested. Portals. What's up with the avatar situation? <laughs> what's up with the avatar situation? We are integrating. I need like an avatar for your game now is what I'm saying, sir. Uh, uh, we're having uh, a lot of things happening on the avatar side. So we're having new avatars being integrated. We're having developing a new platform that makes it easier as well. Uh, we we are working on on our own avatars as well. But but for starters, here during the next month, we're integrating both with uh, Ready Player Me, integrating a part of that platform, and integrating a ton of uh, Solana and Ethereum. Uh, avatars uh, already you know a lot of great ones uh, out there and, and communities and then on top of that we have a longer term project which is uh, our own as well oh so you guys are the ones who are derugging sold ninjas uh nope <laughs> no i'm just joking i'm just kidding okay so i haven't missed anything yet. oh you get one question i'm so one question this is part of the same question moon roving i haven't no missed i know anything i know yet. Get, get your point, though. And we love you, but get your point. <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't fucking miss one of these avatars. You said something about avatars a little bit ago, and I want to make sure I'm not high and missing this shit because it is 420. 
It is, it is. But you have a new thing, thing, so. so. All right, cool. I'm good. I'm done with questions. Frank, I fucking love you, dude. You're fucking murdering it, bro. Good job. When I saw Ace Hood at Magic Eden, I said, yeah, I know somebody goes hard in the motherfucking paint, bro. Good job. All right, so thanks for coming up, brother. Appreciate it. All right, Mode, over to you. Uh, what's up, man? Appreciate you having me back, man. How you doing, brother? Good to see you, dude. Yeah, for sure. Like the, like the dead god. Ah, uh, thank you, man. I had to have it. If if it, there's very few people that uh, know me for real in this space, but anyone that does knows like this thing almost looks like me. It's like it was made for me. I had to have it. But um, dude, the, the, the alpha being dropped in here. What one of the biggest things I've picked up, uh, you know, you know, doing these shows with you. And given my speeches and everything else for invokers, uh, Frank earlier talking about, you know, reiterating your topic over and over again and in different methods and uh, using just different ways to present your same information over and over. And sometimes it just clicks and you find out what people really grab onto and gravitate toward. I think that is one of the biggest things for anyone in this space to take away from. But I, I had a question for you, Frank. I actually posted in the D-Gods uh, chat earlier in the, the job department. We're looking to expand in Invokers. And as we're doing so, we're hiring within community, but we're also going outside source as well. So you talked about just how massive it was for D-Gods to take that expansion and, and expanding in the team. And we are to that point as well. Um, how did you go about it from bringing people within the community to also filtering people outside of the community? Hey, man, great question. Um, I can answer it in two parts. So one, I think basically for us, 100% of people we've hired to this point have been uh, within the community. We, I think we've gotten lucky that there's been really incredible builders in the DGOTS community. Um, that being said, uh, what we, okay, so I guess this is another alpha drop. Um, yeah, one of the big things we're trying to do with Dust Labs is create like the most vibrant uh, and, and most, most flexible uh, job board for, for Solana and for especially for NFT projects. So I don't really have any one-on-one -on -one advice here in terms of how to look to expand the team. I know it's a problem we're going to be tackling in May, like pretty hardcore. Um, the best thing I could say is it's it's really just trying to figure out what exactly is the most important job that you need to be filled. I think for usually for most people, it's, it's developers. And um, I do think it's kind of difficult to find them in this space. That's why we want to build the job board. So my rec there would be um to just try to tweet about it honestly and like if you are in in the d god chat and other chats too um you got to just like be persistent right devs are in high demand in this ecosystem and so it's kind of it is difficult to recruit them a lot of the times um so yeah i don't have any more advice there outside of it. it's obviously number one best if you can bring them from inside your community but that's not easy for everyone to do so Longer term, we'll be building the job board, but shorter term, I think you got to just tweet about it and go into different chats and just be persistent and don't don't like uh, give up on it if you don't get any uh, leads early on. To be honest, uh, I appreciate that, dude. Uh, we've been we've been building hard for for several months. I mean, actually, well, well over a year, but really hard the past few months. 
And um, most of our team has all come within the community and most of the applicants and everything else we have. And I will say right away that uh, we have got a couple good applicants from me posting there in the D gods looking for help in the, in the jobs channel there. So anyone else listening, we, we, we got some legit people to apply to us with that. So appreciate that. Uh, fortunately, we are uh, very lucky invokers with, with the developer we have Sam the founder he, he's amazing we've created a lot of proprietary technology uh, for Solana and nfts um, which kind of wanted to lead me into another question if, if I'm not taking up too much time here moon but you know with everything you're integrating with dust and, and how many other you know projects things you're working with like this um, where do you see the ecosystem as far as currencies in NFTs? Like, uh, you know, we have a currency as well, but where do you see, you know, solid currencies from solid projects? Obviously, 90% of them aren't worth anything and, and are going to be worth 0%. But do you see kind of cross compatibility between projects, which we see uh, collaborations, partnerships all the time, but do you see that happening with currencies in these mints and things like that as well through collaboration communities i i think the answer is a resounding yes i think if you're first asking maybe like what to look for in uh, what's like makes a grid token i think there's a two two big things i look at which is one is there like a fucking cap on the on the on the actual like currency like is there a end route or is there like an end supply because if not then the incentives of the project will always be to offer boosts that will constantly like inflate the supply more and more and if there isn't like any halvings or cap it becomes difficult to see there being actually like any forget about the price but just any long-term utility in the token um itself so that's one two i think soulport tom has been kind of on a mission of explaining this to a lot of people too but the key for any great token and for an attached to an nft is is there a reason to buy it or acquire it outside of the holders themselves so obviously right with dust labs that's like a massive goal i think with foxy is a great example as well where there's a good reason to get you know foxy to use any of their fucking bajillion tools that all have their own unique utility i think forge blocksmith labs is another great example where you know you can use the currency itself to buy uh whitelist uh whitelist um raffle spots and or directly just whitelist spots in general so i think like all of those things there's like a clear path right for why people outside of the actual nfts ecosystem itself has a reason to acquire the token um those are two things i look for if you're asking about cross uh, collaboration i mean yes right i think that's a massive future for spl tokens in in this ecosystem i can only really speak for what we're building here at d gods but a big goal of ours is to create DAO tooling that will help give other tokens utility because it benefits dust, but it can also benefit other tokens that are trying to bootstrap and get their utility up, up to par. If we can open source, whether it's our, um, or open source for dust, whether it's a raffling and auctions, this job board thing we're going to be building, um, the access to DYOR, et cetera, et cetera. If we can just help give there and they can auction it or give it off to their community in, in um, subscriptions or purchasing with their native token, um, that's like helping other projects bring utility to their token. And that's the definition of cross, you know, cross token collaboration. So I just think you have to align the incentives. Um, and sometimes it's really hard to make NFT project collaboration be incentivized on both parts. Um, that's why we don't do that many with D gods. 
But uh, if you can make it work, it's really bullish for both both sides, I think. I absolutely love that. Um, and that that's that's absolutely what I love about Solana is that love right there. And, you know, building building solid projects, combining solid projects, projects to prove they have something to give and, and working with Solana, you know, our, our developer, Sam, as I spoke of before, we're actually working with uh, Metaplex and, uh, you know, a guy you're familiar with, Doc Hollywood on bringing some new things to the Solana ecosystem as a whole. So anything that is bullish for the ecosystem as a whole and, and cross compatibility even of major projects, um, I'm all for. And I appreciate your time, brother, for real, man. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, Mode. All right, doggies, over to you. Yo, thanks, Moon. Thanks, everyone, for all this alpha, crazy amount of advice for a, a growing community. Uh, you can see this Fox Doge uh, from our goaded artist. Frank, we also actually made you a Doge. Check our pinned tweets. Uh, we'll see if you like it. It's tough to do a pixel, D-God, but uh, check it out. Um, we're almost finishing our journey, minting out, about to start the real journey. So this was extremely helpful. Uh, so for all of the projects here, you're all extremely technical as well as having a great brand. Um, as you are growing at kind of an exponential pace, are you starting to think about cross-chain implementations? I know you kind of talked about it earlier, um, like for your tokens or even next collections, or are you kind of just like doubling, tripling down even harder on Solana? Thanks, everyone. I, I can go quickly on that one. We are integrating with uh, Ethereum, Ethereum uh, NFTs and has been for, for a couple of months. And I actually think it helps um bringing over a lot of people from from ethereum as well so we know a, a lot of holders in in polls uh where we, we actually the first solana nft so definitely a, a recommendation in one way or another for for projects to to integrate uh, across chains our, our home and our main chain is for sure uh solana but um i think frank the other day or so tweeted or someone else i mean in the future we'll, we'll laugh at the fact that you know wallets only had one chain uh, and, and we are going, I mean, to, to a much more flexible future. And I think projects should definitely prepare for it. Yeah, I was going to say from the Fox's side too, I mean, it, it's always like the opportunity exists out there. We've been trying, I'll say, for a while to get more into the collaboration side with ETH NFTs. But I, I think really until us getting into OpenSea, you know, a lot of folks on the ETH side aren't that particularly interested uh, because when you look at like the community side, you know, it, it definitely looked more of an angle for Solana to try to get more of their community versus our community onto their side. So I think the more that like it becomes a normal thing for us to exist in the same spaces, the, the more you're going to see projects integrating cross chain, you know, in any way, shape or form that they can. So that's kind of how I would look at it from the Fox side. Um, for us, obviously, um, I think it's really important that, especially with ETH, because they're the biggest NFT market by, by orders of magnitude, it's important that uh, we create more bridges. We make it really easy. I see Chartfu in the audience, bro. Let's get that ETH to soul fucking bridge button where people can just buy with ETH. Um, I think those things are all really important. But if you're asking if we're deciding between like opportunities in other chains versus Solana, I would just say we're quadruple, quintuple, doubling down on fucking Solana. Um, this is our home, and we're here to help make it better. And we're not 
minting another collection on another fucking chain. We're not doing any of that stuff. It's all on Solana, and we're here for the bad times, and we will definitely be here for the good times. And the longer the bad times are, I feel like the longer the good times are going to be. So, um, yeah, I, I uh, think it's important to bridge. But, uh, yeah, dude, this is our fucking home, and this is where we started, and this is where we're going to keep going um, 100%. All right, dog, dogs. Thanks for coming up, man. Good question. Gen three, over to you. Yes, I thank you so much, Moon Roving. This is an awesome space. Uh, you're the real superstar here because you've gathered all of us here, and we're learning so much. And uh, I think uh, I've learned so much. Gen three Studios is the new kid on the blockchain. We're a creator metaverse project with a social gathering aspect to it and just started brand new so what i've learned here today uh i know we have an awesome product and if i just you know listen to what you guys are saying and inspire myself from it i think we're, we're going to go far and so my question today is for chris at portals i'm curious to know um what are you doing for interoperability and uh what uh, would your NFT holders have the opportunity to own their spaces in the 3D models and maybe even export them to other metaverses? Yeah, I, I absolutely see that as a, you know, as a, as a future option uh, and, and something that we're working towards. I think one of the things that uh, at least before we came in as well, a lot of metaverses has been been lagging, has been a lot of activity. And we do see a lot of metaverses with a ton of empty land plots and just empty spaces. So our main priority, and I think, you know, if we are to get people super excited about metaverses and not just the hype, not just the media articles, but if we really are to get people excited and for, for people to use the metaverse and, and all the amazing uh, utility and, and use cases that we believe that it has, then there has to be activity and there has to be density. So um, two things that, that we started to focus on very early on and, and that we still uh, are building out is one, it's browser-based. So our tool, uh, our builder tool works directly in the browser. Um, and the other thing is for it... Um, uh, for us to have a tool where you can easily drag and drop everything so you won't get you know as you mentioned the the, the 3d model it, itself off the space there um and i think i mean in terms of if you could import it uh, to to automate us in the future we're still really, really far away from that because they're built so differently so they're built on different platforms different game engines some are directly in the browser some are not in the browser um, but I, I think we'll see much more of it in, in the future. But for now, we, we're just focusing on, on the specific use cases, and I think there's still you know, a lot of work to, to do there. But uh, feel free to, to uh, if, if you have any follow-up questions on it, or more specific. Okay, yeah, thank you so much for the answer. So you're natively a WebGL. You're not, you have, you're not in a gaming engine. We're, we're, we're building on, on Unity and WebGL, so, so combination. Okay. So you're, okay, yeah, pretty cool. Thank you so much for your uh, for your answer. Appreciate it. Hey, Thank thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks for coming up, brother. Good to see you. Yeah. A quick, quick comment to 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 add to it. Yeah, I, I do think yeah. it's you know, uh, I, I think that's why you're asking the question as well. I think it's one of the things where where free metaverses will differentiate in in the future from you know this more centralized or more classic web two. So it's definitely uh, important. But 
first Absolutely. we need to get people in, into the metaverse and uh, just create awesome stuff and, and that's our main focus especially for the next three months and, and more good thanks so much liberty square over to you what's happening thanks for having me up hey good evening good evening a lot of good information here thanks for everybody and, and you guys are all trailblazers in in our space and, and i tip my hat to that uh question for frank and drax about foxy and dust or dust and foxy as it should be um a we're trying to implement both of them into our mint and, and working on that currently but b the question is when was the aha moment for you guys where you were like yep that's that's the direction for dust and that's the direction for foxy as a as a token as a coin yeah, I can say from the Fox side, um, really, our, our token has been quintessential for our ecosystem almost from the get-go. So we minted October 1st. We had our staking platform where people were earning Foxy started on November 10th. So it was a month and some change after. And I want to say it was one of, if not the very first, you know, staking uh, token available um, on Solana. And with that, you know, it just came down to, okay, well, now that we have a token what are like the utilities that we're going to do with it? And, and that was kind of the thing for us is how do we build out utilities in such a sustainable fashion so that our token essentially becomes deflationary over time. And so it's just been part of our ecosystem. Everything that we do and create, you know, revolves around Foxy uh, to some capacity or another. And like, it's just constantly been burning from really day one with our utilities. So it's just the way that we see, you know, more of a value prop for our NFTs at their core, you know, and just recognizing the way that like the, the token itself is created. It's not like an IDO. There's no allocation to the team. It's only generated from the foxes that, that are currently staked, which we have around 80% or so right now. Um, between our famous foxes and transdimensional foxes. So it's just always been a part of like our culture um, to build it within our utilities, um, specifically for foxes, but then also for other projects that may be interested in using it for um, something they're interested in doing with it. Uh, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, you're good. Oh, yeah, sick. Um, yeah, for me, for Dust, I mean, I think I echo almost 90% of what uh, Drax said. To add a little bit of color there, um, you know, I think a lot of projects tend to look at uh, a token as just something the community demands. The community wants like a liquidity pool for so they can make passive income or whatever the fuck. Um, that's never been the goal for me for Dust. I look at Dust very specifically as a way to prove your that you're holding. Um, and that allows us to create rewards for our best holders. Because if you're holding like a lot of D gods and you're not listing them and you're not selling them, like, okay, then this gives us a new outlet for us to create cool things for those people that are doing that. And so obviously like the biggest example of that was uh, dead gods. But I think in like a week and a half, we've basically, uh, <laughs> we've been working with the team that manufactures like the easy hoodies. And uh, the designer for this is going to be, if you guys have heard of this boy band called uh, uh, Brockhampton, the designer for it that's working on the hoodie is this guy from Brockhampton. And what's cool is like, I don't really recognize, and the team, we've said this from day one, doesn't recognize like the USD value of dust that's traded on DEXs. We just look at it from how much, how much time would it have taken you to generate 
um, this much amount of dust and that's how we'll charge for stuff. And so uh, we're going to be launching a hoodie that will cost, I think, 333 dust. Um, but the hoodie itself is going to be fucking nuts because of, we have a lot of money in the Dow Treasury. And so it's going to weigh 3.33 pounds. There's going to be 3M like D gods written on the back in like the 3M like hol- you know holographic uh, style. And yeah, it's just like going to be the most premium fucking hoodie. So it will feel like you're getting your uh, dust worth from it. And yeah, it's like that's how we're going to keep building things, dust labs, etc. It's just ways to, you know, give value to people that are holding their D gods and are in it for the long term. And the longer you hold it, the more we can, you know, price things and give you things that are uh, worth your time in holding. So that's how we think about dust. And that's where the aha moment was for us is, hey, we don't need to make a token that's all strictly like the entire value of it is tied to how much it's worth on an open market. And it's more like a way for us to do cool things for our best holders. Perfect. Great answers. Thank you guys so much. And, and thanks for having me up, man. Yeah, Liberty. Thanks for coming up, brother. Sonova, over to you. Sonova. Captain Red. Yeah, I just had a kind of quick question for Drax and I guess a little bit of Frank. So as a space has you know, four different variations of a launch pad and four different variations of a verification. And as we see everyone kind of treat, trying to create their own, do you guys foresee the idea of consuming other projects versus native creating your own and to kind of be quicker to these projects or quicker to that functionality? I mean, yeah, I, I, I always see that as a possibility. I think you see that with, um, there have been other collections and such. Uh, I think as an example, one recent was like Pawn Shop Nomi's getting acquired by like Fract in order for them to kind of capitalize on trying to get more into like the lending space uh, within Solana NFTs. You know, I, I think I think it just depends on, you know, the, the, the project that's interesting in acquiring someone else, you know, what the value prop is and, and obviously the funding piece. Um, you know, I, I it, it's happening all over the place, uh, realistically. I mean, Soulport's acquiring Soulsteads. Um, you know, it really depends on what the goals are from both sides. You know, if there's uh, a level of agreement that a project will come to or, or you know, that, that it's interested in, in, in selling if they want to sell. I mean, sometimes they don't want to and just kind of come into an agreement with it. So I I think it, it's going to happen continuously within the space forever, personally. Um and yeah, I mean, I think it definitely is a way to certainly get into, um, you know, a specific market niche uh, that you're trying to, to get into um, from a larger project, acquiring a smaller project that's already doing it. Yeah, on our end, um, I'll be very direct. There has been some acquisition offers that have been sent out already. Most of the time that they haven't worked out because when we look at the code base, just like the work we'd have to do to fix it up or whatever wouldn't... Um, be worth our time necessarily but uh I, this is an open call like we're constantly going to be looking with dust labs to be acquiring smaller tools that we think are really cool or useful but the creators don't want to like fully develop out um yeah like dust labs will be our vehicle for acquiring interesting tools in the sauna ecosystem and uh i signed an nda for one of these things but there is something really big um it's a yeah like it's not even a project or nft product or whatever but there's something really big coming in terms of a partnership slash co-venture um, with Dust Labs uh, pretty soon. So um, we'll let you guys know about that. But yeah, I think the acquisition, if done right, can be 
really, really bullish. Obviously, Soulport Tom is the fucking god of doing this, and uh, I'm learning a lot from him in our conversations. But uh, yeah, I think it's a good move if, if it's the right project, whether it's for the IP or for um, the tech that they've built. And so we're we're always looking at it. It's it's definitely an interesting route to take. Thanks, guys. I always kind of thought it was interesting with the, the DAO's idea. If you bought enough of them, you could control the DAO vote, and then you could take it over that way as well, almost like the old school, just take over companies. Yeah, but then in practice, I think, like, slippage might fuck, might, uh, fuck it over, and then, like, going through the DAO. Like, are there really any DAOs on fucking Solana? Like, are there really any that go strictly off the on-chain voting? Um, I don't, I don't think I've seen one yet, uh, but, yeah, like, it's an interesting idea for sure. I think it could be a very cool, savage way to do it for sure. Thanks, Captain. All right, Sonova, are you are you here? Yeah, what's going on? All right, guys. Uh, so I got two things. Um, we're I work I work at the mod as Sonova. Um, we're kind of, I guess, struggling with undercutters and volume. So, uh, and we're very organic, so we don't we're not a pay to advertise type of project i'm wondering if you guys are if you guys do like paid advertising for your project and then my second question is we've got a dead god in our dow vault so we're we're curing dust i was wondering if magic eden still planned on integrating that because we were going to use some of that dust to mint new projects um answer your second question real quick is yes uh, there's one project we announced today i think it's a uh, soul spot i think it's that's what it's called that'll be like the first project officially through the magic eden launchpad that will have a portion of the mint in dust i think 333 of their nfts will be in dust um so that's only going to become more and more frequent so yeah the answer to that is yes in terms of if we use paid marketing um no i don't think I, nothing direct that's like oh pay for this post but uh, yeah, no, I don't think it's the move to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't think it's effective that much either. Yeah, I kind of second Frank on that. I think a lot of the paid marketing ends up getting people that are more interested in just like winning a thing, or you know what I mean? Because usually that's what it comes down to. It's like some kind of a giveaway, and so they're they're you're going to get some kind of a following, but it's not going to be the level of engagement that you want. It's not going to help you you know, in the future for like the activity side that you need to get and the reach you want to get and like the retweeting and such, like that's not going to be natural and organic for that kind of an audience you end up bringing in. So I, I, I would totally agree with Frank on that. Okay. So, so would it be better to be pay, patient on everything? That's because I, I, I got, I'm a grinder. Yeah. I'm a grinder. So I, I like to put in work and when you don't see it, it's kind of demoralizing. Yeah. What I love about the last few months, the, this last month specifically with uh, Solana is you're literally seeing the narrative of projects that have been grinding months since their mint absolutely like fucking take off. We have one of the founders up here, Foxes. Soul Gods is another example. Um, and so I think like we're just seeing finally like very clear evidence points that time in the market is is really powerful. And uh, these periods where projects might be down, but if the team is really strong have literally changed, you know, countless number of people's lives because they were accumulating the entire fucking time that a project was down. And now, like, you know, there's guys that were accumulating D-God, like, every time they got four or five soul 
for like a month or two, and now they have like like they have like five hundred thousand to a million dollars in their net worth uh, in purely in DGOTs. and uh, that's not like an uncommon story for a lot of these projects that keep building. Um, and the the case study is very clear now that there are projects that didn't have a lot of hype, um, you know, a month after their mint. And they just kept building, and now it's been like four months or five months, and they're going fucking ballistic. So I, I think uh, you know, you're 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 good. Just keep going. All right, fuck yeah, appreciate it, guys. Hey, thanks, brother. Thanks for coming up. Neanderthal, over to you, dude. Hey, yo, what's up, everyone? Uh, I actually had a quick question. You know what I mean? Metaverse. I mean, let's be real. I'm so that do interoperability, my guy. Uh, my question is, how do you, the project see themselves uh, moving forward as metaverses are continuing to become like a new topic? And will um, adding your NFT to a point where the NFT, so like RPFP, uh, just a heads up, I'm like a mod for D God. So like RPFP is insane. I love it. Um, it's probably one of the best things. So having that translate over to the metaverse, I think, has always been like the concern. Is there anything like that that's being discussed so that there is some kind of transfer over? You know what I mean? Um, at least for you guys, uh, for uh, D-Gods and Famous Foxes. And of course, for Portals, how is this being discussed with other projects so that uh, one of ones can be turned into the metaverse? Drag some fragments. You want to go first? On, on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't mind uh, chatting. I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier in the space. Uh, we're, we're currently under ways of working on getting uh, 3D NFTs that you can um, use within platforms such as portals and others. And, and I know Chris will probably talk a little bit about it, but like they kind of have a standardized way of of making sure you check your avatars that they're working properly from a rigging standpoint to be able to be integrated into their platform. Um, you know, I think in the long run, like there should be more of like a, a more normal sense with that regard, just so that people don't have to do all these complicated things and jump through hoops in order to kind of get collections integrated into metaverses. Cause I think that's going to be an important thing. I think people are going to be very interested in, in using their actual NFTs um, to kind of represent like their brand and community they're behind within metaverses. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we'll certainly be there for sure. Yeah, for us, um, there's actually something fucking coming really soon with fun guys that uh, they, they were making like some 3D versions of a bunch of D-Gods. Um, it won't be the entire collection, uh, but... My thinking is that's what the second mint is going to be. It's not going to be a 3D mint, but uh, it will be a lot more metaverse friendly. Um, but I honestly don't think about it too hard right now. I think it's something that we will do at some point. I've been spending a lot more time recently on Oculus. And uh, fuck, man, it's insane. Like I was playing Oculus uh, Poker. Um, they have like a Poker Stars game. And that shit is so fun. Um, and it, it, it's really progressing a lot faster than I thought. So I feel like a boomer going into these like uh, into the into the Oculus into the quote unquote metaverse and just seeing like all these kids just get already knowing exactly how everything works. Um, so yeah, I think we will do it. I'd be lying if I told you it was like the number one priority right right now. Um, but yeah, if it as it becomes more prevalent, you know, like we'll be on top of it. And 
for, for our end, we're definitely seeing that most projects, one way or another, they are either doing, um, you know, just one avatar or a couple of avatars that sort of represent the, the entire collection. And then they're looking into afterwards, you know, to to look at, okay, do we want to do the entire, let's say, 10K or, or 7,000 uh, unique avatars? It is a, a ton of work. But the good news is that we know uh, from behind the scenes that are a ton of both companies and, and projects working to to do that much easier. Uh, so imagine right now if, 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 if you had to do an entire collection, you almost, depending on, on how you do it, have to you know rig them individually. But there will be a ton of uh, new both companies and, and ways to do it so that you don't have to you know, do the actual uh, full rigging of of ten thousand uh, avatars, and, and I think you know that's when it's really going to to speed up. But but for now, what we're seeing from most projects will be a couple of avatars that will uh, represent the the different collections, unless you know it's it's an avatar uh, project, and it is it is costly, and three D designers can be hard to find, and uh, the quality diff- differs a lot. Um, but uh, a lot is happening in the space, and super exciting times. I think we have more than uh, 60 avatar requests right now from uh, Solana and Ethereum uh, projects. So it's going to be a ton of fun. And it's, yeah, uh, just to see all different avatars and uh, in, in different spaces and for us in our downtown, it's going to be so much fun. Oh, killer stuff. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for your time. And then uh, if you're enjoy- enjoying 420, keep enjoying it. And then for everyone else, enjoy your day. Thank you. All right, brother. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, so Moon just said, just a quick detail, it's, you know, it's 21 here and it's 6 a.m., <laughs> so it's not 420 anymore, but uh, it's all good. Someone blaze one up for the 421 guy right now, dude. Blaze one for 421. All right, thank <laughs> you, guys. All right, yeah, we got 12 minutes left here. Let's keep rolling. Low, over to you, then we'll go. We'll hit Yaku. Low, what's up, brother? Hey, man, how's it going? Thanks for hosting, guys. Yeah, I seen yeah. Um, the D-Gods project about a month ago and seeing the v the v1 version of it they still looked clean and now seeing the dead gods i remember that came up on my feet and i was just blown away going through all of them and seeing the the transcending and then figuring out about dust now to accumulate dust into hodl i feel like that is the play for for the dead gods now i don't really have any questions the past um three speakers actually covered a lot on yeah like when it comes to the metaverse and the 3d um Personally, I would like to know where to begin to acquire one of these bad boys. I know the market's pretty, like everyone's holding, right? With the next drop, the next minute you're speaking of, I feel like, yeah, what is the next step for, for Dead Gods? Is it going to be like a V3? Or are you guys going to go straight to 3D? I have no idea. But um, I, could, yeah. I can't say too much on it. Not even because I'm trying to stay tight on it. Just literally, yeah. we're going to start working on it. Um, we have an Airbnb booked for the end of this month and we're getting all the artists back together and we're going to start the grind for uh, mint two. It won't be anything in the D gods universe, by the way, I think it's going to be a new wave we're trying to create where I don't want like everything that the creative team behind D gods creates, like to just be exactly in the D gods, like universe. It obviously like they'll function in the same ecosystem, but uh, yeah, it's like, I don't want to just, you know, be making D goddesses and D children and then D babies or whatever for the next three years. And so, um, yeah, it, the only thing I can say is it's going to be uh, futuristic. It's going to be like uh, 
you know, cyborg alien esque, and it will have both females and males in it. And um, yeah, like if you guys think Dead God's art is crazy, like holy fuck, uh, we're gonna have Get we had we this, had three right? months to work on uh, Dead Gods, but a lot of that time was getting the artists like on the same page working together. And uh, yeah, Scum, Candy Apple, and Delilah are very hungry to make this next thing, and now we're gonna give them three more months, maybe even four, to uh, really perfect the art on this. And now they all know exactly how to work with each other. So, um, yeah, man, like I can't wait, but that's the only thing I really know for sure is it's going to be futuristic and, um, we're gonna try to do something really different with the perspective of the art itself. Like it's not going to be in the same perspective, um, on the frame as like a D God. Um, and so, yeah, we we're, we're thinking of a lot of interesting stuff there, but nothing really tangible yet. Awesome. Definitely going to stay tuned for what's next. Thank you guys. Hey, thanks Lo. Thanks for coming up. Yaku over to you, brother. Good to see you. Hey guys, I just wanted to uh, jump up. I, I don't actually have a question. I just wanted to say I love tuning into these. I'm actually just leaving the gym and these spaces at this time and I are like my favorite things to listen to. I love when these great minds come up here at the same time. For everyone in the audience, I'm very aware of how busy a lot of these guys are. And so for them to take this amount of time to come up here and share all this information, I know uh, is is a big deal. So I just want to say thanks guys. Uh, listening to you all talk makes me very bullish on the space and I'm very proud of the things that are getting knocked out and how, how far Solana has come in literally such a short amount of time. Uh, it's, it's a meme, but we're still early and that's it. Just wanted to share some good vibes. Really appreciate all of you guys up here. Still early indeed. And I appreciate you too. And for sure. Thanks so much, man. Love Yaku. Shout out. Yeah, thanks, Yaku, and, and we've got our uh, our collab uh, contest going on right now between uh, oranges and lemons. So keep an eye out for that for anyone that's interested. I I, I love that one. Uh, it's 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 cool, especially all the you know the pictures from around the world. It's, it's super fun. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right, Yaku, thanks for uh, coming up, brother. Good to see you. RX, over to you, dude. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Uh, can you guys hear me well? Hey, so okay. Um, I just want to say, like, all these projects up here are crazy good. But, uh, um, what do you guys think that, uh, like, projects now that are minting and all these projects? Like, I- I'm not a project owner and anything like that. But, like, I've seen, like, from not from not buying a D gods because I didn't, I didn't do my research. I didn't go into it. From selling my famous box too early and all this stuff and whatever, but. What I've learned is, is like the good projects now are getting recognized way more and the builders, the communities, we can see like <clears throat> do it, doing very good and whatever. Same with Cows on Crack, how they got flooded during their mid mint and whatever. Most people didn't mint like me, but bought in secondary and whatever. And we see how good they're doing. Same with Decots blowing up with just amazing builders, same with Famous Fox and Portals and all these projects. But what do you guys think that pro- uh, projects now, like right now, lack and what they don't see? Like wh- what do projects lack right now that stops them from growing and really like saying like, oh, I want to be the next DGOS, I want to be the next Famous Fox, but they're not really doing anything or revolutionizing anything or creating any new utility or focusing on the community and such, what do you think they're lacking to become like on that kind of level or to get good, to become like a really good NFT and whatever project? 
this goes for all of you guys up here. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a pretty tough question, to be honest with you. I mean, I think you, you kind of answer it with the question where it's it's more so about the team, what their vision is, what they want to build. I think, um, you know, one of the, the bigger challenges from a mindset piece, too, is kind of not wanting to, to, to create a project to be the next whatever. Uh, like, you, you want to be the next whatever insert project name is here. Like, we didn't make foxes to be the next you know board apes or whatever i mean at the time we we made foxes to be the next foxes um so i think having that kind of a mindset and then from the the building angle like finding your niche and and you don't have to be as big of, of a project as what you know the ones are that are up here to be successful uh you just have to to do the work to grind for it you know to have a decent vision to, to build out your vision as you go along and to learn along the way, I think the, the biggest mistake people can do is is make like a, a derivative project of something else and and that's it and then do nothing with it and, and walk away or even just to kind of create it up front. Like, and I've even given that advice to other people where they're like, hey, can you give me an advice on this project? And then they show me, you know, like some derivative project artwork, something and they're like, what do you think? And I'm like, I think you should do original artwork because at a bare minimum if you want people to actually get behind you as a brand and care about you like you know from the derivative angle piece you know i think you get less of that i'm not going to say it doesn't exist at all but you get much less of that and people won't take you as seriously if you do start actually developing a big piece and i I think the one product to look at is like monquettes as an example i mean they were you know, kind of a little bit of a derivative of SMBs and then they rebranded recently and, you know, they've got a lot more things going for them. So like you, you want to kind of create your own thing and not necessarily focus on being the next whatever project that's already been successful at doing a thing here. Uh, okay. And this kind of partners with my question and like, do you guys think that Solana in terms of projects coming out now have really changed from like, from, when we used to have like a lot of rugs, a lot of derivatives, like we could still see a lot of derivatives coming out right now, but do you guys think they're getting better and better and projects are really knowing what, instead of like trying to follow the next big project to become their own and to really, and to really make a, to really make a hammer, hammer in their project in and not try to follow other ones. I mean, yeah, I think the market is already kind of speaking in that direction. I I don't know when you joined the uh, Solana NFT space, but uh, I mean, there was a time like last last year, I think around like November, where I think the biggest like like this top volume for a few days was this project called, I think, Board Ape Social Club or something like that or Solana, Board Ape Solana Club or some shit like this. And it was like a pure derivative with just different backgrounds of BAYC. And that shit was pumping and it was going nuts. It was top of the leaderboard and all this stuff. Um, there really, since that moment, has not been like another big derivative project, in my opinion. I don't I don't think I've seen any that, that have been that big. And so I think the market is already speaking that like, hey, even if the art is cool or whatever, if it's a derivative project, I don't think there's that many buyers anymore. And that might change, right? There might be another big derivative that goes crazy, but uh, dude, I think like we've really responded to it re- well as a as a community, and and um, I, I don't really see it that much anymore. I know there are definitely derivatives. There's a fuck ton of D god derivatives, but uh, they all pretty much die very quickly, and I think uh, that stops them from having a massive upside, which stops more people from buying in. Um, yeah. 
Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for all this. And I love how Solana is moving. I love how a lot of all these good projects are getting noticed, pumping, actually sitting at very nice floors and all this. And I want to say for everyone that's making a project or whatever, to just focus on your project, focus on your niche, keep building. Because like we can see how famous Fox, they got recognized. And I'm so happy. And I hope that they keep pumping and doing good because... They were really underrated projects, same with DGOS, Portals, every project now. I see they're changing, they're doing good, and I love that. Thank you again, Moon Roping. Thanks, RxDM, and thanks for coming up. All right, we'll do one more question, then we'll do final comments, and we'll close out here. I do want to say I am, um, I do kind of miss the Halloween and Thanksgiving projects. Can't wait until Halloween and Thanksgiving come around next year. Get a couple turkey uh, projects back up on the Solana. <laughs> oh man, it's like insane. But uh, okay, Lou, you got a, a comment question for these guys? No, yeah, I was just listening for while this space has been running, and I just kind of wanted to echo what someone was saying earlier, man. Like, I really appreciate all you guys coming up here, dropping knowledge on everyone. Very respectable people in this space. Shout out to Frank. Shout out to Drax. Uh, you guys are just killing it, and the portals are the place to be. So just wanted to thank you guys for your time up here today. And Moon Roving. Yo, thank you. Thank Thanks, you so much, man. man. For sure. All right, we'll do one more question, then, since that was so short. Uh, Mew, you got a quick right. question for yeah, these guys? Yeah, my name's Mo. <laughs> Mo, yeah. Mo, Mew, Mo. Mo, Mo. Over to you, brother. Uh, good. So uh, – I'm the founder and artist of the Madville Villains, and I had a question for Frank. He said something pretty interesting about uh, keeping the um, – the only reason he really had a token is to keep people off so they could do cool shit. So <clears throat> my question is, like, what do you guys think of not funding the uh, liquidity pool, like, right off the bat? And since so you can use those funds to do, uh, like, different shit. You, you think that there would be some kind of, like, backlash – Okay, here's my thoughts. I mean, first of all, I see a lot of projects trying to take the same route that you guys did with uh, not funding liquidity. I mean, if I'm being, like, I try to be very honest and upfront in these spaces. And I'll be honest, like, I do think D Gods is a little bit of a different beast. And I don't know if it will work for every project, right? right? Just being straight up. Um, that being said, I do think it's like A, the most legally like regulation wise compliant way to do it. And then B I do think um, it's, it's just like one of those things where liquidity most of the time when people are demanding for it in the community, uh -huh. they are looking to drain it um, instantly. And so that's like something to consider too, right? Of course the community yeah. is going to ask for liquidity, but a lot of the time they're looking to drain the fucking liquidity. Mm -hmm. And so even if you do provide it, it doesn't necessarily make the uh, token have more utility or be better, right? Um, so that's my thoughts on that. I think it really is a case by case basis, and it's hard to answer for what you know different projects do. But most of the time, when you see NFT projects provide liquidity, you usually see it pump for like a day, and once it pumps, they drain it because they can sell it at that higher price um, yeah. at a, at a lot larger volume. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I, and I, I was going to say, if I could piggyback off of Frank, too, we also haven't provided liquidity to any liquidity pool for Foxy. And I think that the critical piece to think about it, too, is from like an actual project standpoint, you know, is your goal to indefinitely create money 
to just fund a liquidity pool for people to just drain it out there? Or is your goal to create value with what you're actually creating? And I think if you focus on the latter, then you don't have to worry about a liquidity pool because your token is going to be desirable and you're going to have all these crazy, you know, good utilities for it. And that's what's going to drive value. So you won't need to fund the liquidity pool to keep that value there. And I think projects look at it backwards constantly. And I think that, that can be their downfall if they kind of get wrapped up in that motion, because I, I don't know of any project that really has like a, a funded liquidity pool from their actual revenues that is uh, sustainable currently. Mm-hmm. So you know, one of the things that we were doing um, is like, I have a background in music and stuff. So we like, we have run record labels and, you know, I know, you know how to provide there. So uh, one of the things we wanted to do was uh, build out like a music NFT uh, record label. So I think that is one way. And I guess the other thing we're doing is, well, I, can, I guess I can't really say it yet, but <laughs> our dev is um, got like an NFT uh, marketplace that he's working on. So I just think that like we can do way much uh, cooler shit. But I'm just a little worried that people are going to like freak out about the uh, funds not being added in. Plus, it, it, I was thinking it might create something where you get people who are just in for uh, rewards, you know? 100%. People, yeah, people are just coming in for staking rewards instead of like, like being uh, part of the project or like, you know, for the art or something like that. Or collectors. But anyway, that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. Appreciate your time. Oh, Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, bro. Yeah. Good. Good final question. So, uh, guys, thanks so much for jumping on. This is the Lit Lay Show. Moon roving here, hanging out with Frank from D Gods, Drax from Famous Fox Federation, Chris from Portals. Uh, we'll probably do this again. I think maybe in a quarter, maybe like in three months, as a lot more happens in the space. Get you guys together and, and go deep and do a couple hour session like this. I think everyone really benefited from as long as you all y'all have time to do it. I know uh, the community is super grateful for it, and this will be rec- this is recorded, so it will be live for thirty days. I'll uh, I'll save it too and get it put up on the podcast so it lives forever. But um, yeah, I guess let, let's go final round. So anything that you want to share, Alpha, whatever it may be, just a thank you. It's up to you, and then we can close the space. So uh, why don't we start with uh, Chris? Yeah, just uh, thank you for the spaces. Thank you, Moon, for hosting as always. And I think the main thing we have uh, from Paul's is, is two things. We have our new roadmap coming out next Wednesday. And in May, we open up in, entirely for, for the public and for avatar integration. So it's going to be a ton of fun. And anyone will be able to, to you know, visit just in the browser. So, you know, come join us in, uh, in May for sure. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Frank? Hey guys, um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Thank you to Moon Roving for setting this up. I always have fun doing these. Um, we'll try to do them more often. It's just very busy on our end. Uh, hey guys, if you're interested in D Gods or if you're a D God holder, um, I think we're building something really cool here. I think that uh, this community is really special, and what we're doing here could end up being really, really special and only get bigger. And uh, all I want to see is the Solana ecosystem get. 100x bigger in the next few months and then over the next few years and i feel honored to be building on this chain and i appreciate all the love and the nice things you guys say it means a lot so thank you so much guys appreciate it and happy 420 i'm gonna get highlighted tonight so just joining you joining my brethren thank you
Thanks, Frank. Good seeing you. Uh, Drax, over to you. Yeah, no, certainly. I uh, appreciate you as always, Moon. I know we've been in a few spaces, so for you hosting these uh, has been great. You know, I appreciate the other guys that are up here too. Uh, you know, it, it's a lot of time, you know, to, to kind of go through these things. And I think it's very beneficial for the space. I mean, to have a space, have 300 plus people, you know, for, for a few hours uh, means there's a lot of interest. And like Frank's saying, I mean, I too am looking very forward to, you know, the space growing over the next, you know, months to years uh, to come. And, um, you know, keep an eye out for us. You know, we, we're rebranding our website. We're uh, coming out with Boombox, which is a, also a music NFT marketplace. Uh, that should be coming out shortly. Uh, you know, there, there's no shortfall of, of fun shit that <laughs> Foxes will be building. And uh, as always, you know, just practice good safety uh, within the space. I think it's always important to kind of mention that every once in a while. And, and if you are able to afford a ledger, highly recommend it. Um, as just adding another level of physical security in the space that only costs like one and a half Solana. Highly, highly, highly recommend it, especially as you grow your accounts. You know, if you bought Foxes at Mints or D Gods at Mints, you know, and you still have them, I mean, they have a tremendous amount of value to them and they're only going to grow in value. So just be careful and, uh, you know, practice good safety uh, practices uh, in the space. Awesome. All right, guys, thanks so much for coming up. Uh, this show is recorded, so feel free to revisit it, share it with buddies, friends, what have you. We'll do this again. Make good decisions. Um, you know, obviously do your own research on everything, whether it's these projects or others. Uh, we do have uh, one more mini morning mint show this week, uh, Friday morning, 8 a.m. Central, with a lit lineup. And then we've got a huge uh, number of shows next week. Four that are all stacked up. One in particular, top of mind, uh, actually it's two weeks out. But we'll have Grimms back on. I know Grimms has been building quietly for a long time with Justin. So looking forward to getting uh, back uh, set up with him on the show, which is, I think, two weeks out. But next week, four shows at least, probably five. Four of them are already stacked up, ready to go. I uh, do want to give a, a quick shout out. Uh, thank you to the um, sponsors. So Battle Drones has been our sponsor this week. They're minting on the 21st. Check them out. They're building an immersive and enjoyable gaming ecosystem uh, that's built for gamers, um, by gamers. P2E, PvP. Uh, a ton of um, VC support behind what they're doing. So check those guys out. And then Boss uh, Fighters, they are not minting this week. They're the project of the week. But uh, take a look at what they're doing too. They're, they're creating an action game on a PC that's going to be tied in with, v with VR. So uh, excited for what those guys are doing as well. But with that, we'll close the space. Guys, thanks so much for, for jumping in. Going three hours, that's insane with, with this call caliber of team. So uh, grateful for you guys. And uh, we'll do it again. God bless. Be safe. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Cheers. Guts the